Uh, well, shit. Should we rock into it? Yeah. Talking about if we're all talking about how badly we would like to have a libation, we should probably just let everybody know <laughs> that they're listening to libations for everyone. Yeah. We're on all your podcast networks. This we're, is the reason for us to drink tonight. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're your friend who likes to drink's favorite podcast. We don't need to be your favorite podcast, but we might be theirs. We might be your reason to drink tonight, too. <laughs> exactly. Uh, hoping everybody out there is thinking about the show, thinking about questions as we're asking them, playing along. Uh, the last two weeks, I think I've gotten more messages from people straight up answering questions and not giving me the background on why they're texting that. And then that's <laughs> no. like an interesting one where I'm like, wait, what? Oh, okay. You're catching up from an episode like three ago. Love that. Absolutely love that. But... Just if you're going to send us a message, let us know <laughs> where in, it's coming in from. Reference what to what? <laughs> what is this in reference to? Uh, also, I don't know who they all are because a lot of them are anonymous, but I do want to thank everybody who's put in um, some follows on our social, who's put in some positive reviews. Uh, it's nice to see those numbers climbing. And again, that helps us. Okay, first of all, I'm definitely arrogant enough that it makes me feel good that somebody likes me. I get it. I'm, I'm honest about that. But really, more importantly, it's so that people not in our community from all over can stumble onto the show easier. It feeds it into the algorithm more. And as dumb as that sounds, that really helps us get out to more people. And, uh, you know, Charles and I have some fun stuff up our sleeves. And we want to make sure we get as many people involved as we can. Yeah, we have some stuff to announce very soon. And we will, of course, be announcing it on the podcast. But that... That live show we've been uh, alluding to for quite some time. It's happening. It's happening. We have to get a few more things taken care of, but uh, but yeah, we we have a tentative date that we're looking at, and we'll get to, uh, we'll get that out to you as fast as we can. We promise. Uh, it's going to be awesome. I got hit up uh, yesterday and today by two people requesting to be guests that will be very, very interesting for us to chat about later. But we'll keep that off the off the waves for now. <laughs> yeah, besides the, the announcement for the announcement. The, the announcement for the we're going to have a meeting to talk about announcing the announcement. Yeah, it's like a, a new Halo or something. Yeah. A <laughs> teaser for the teaser. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Oh. Yeah, we know what Master Chief looks like, motherfucker. I need to, I need to just turn that, that choir on in the background right. to build up some drama. But the whole point of us talking about that was because we are so excited to have drinks, and we are so excited to share drinks with our guests today. Uh, my good man, will you please introduce yourselves to our wonderful listeners and uh, let them know a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, my name is Tyler Johnson. I'm uh, originally from Reading, Pennsylvania. Uh, apparently, I have an East Coast accent to Minnesotans, so that's, <laughs> if that's what you hear, that's where it's from. Uh, I've moved here February 2016, stayed for about three years, took a year and a half hiatus to Vietnam. Uh, while I was over there, went to Thailand, went to Indonesia, went to Japan, Holy went to shit. China, just lived out there like a king, because $600 can get you a... One story loft with an infinity pool and <laughs> amazing. It's, was it it's, just for the experience? It, it wasn't just for like, the not a work. It was. Thing. Uh, it wasn't. I could literally pinpoint the moment. It was literally the day that uh, uh, Anthony Bourdain died, and I went into Brigade at the time where I was working. Yep. Okay, like I'm sure we can get back to that. But uh, uh, JD was there, and we just like hugged each other, teared up, and. Uh, it was my day off, and we just had a couple drinks at the bar, talked about Anthony Bourdain and how much he meant to us. I went home. I got stoned. I watched Parts Unknown for like six hours till yeah. I passed out, mm -hmm. and woke up the next day and realized 
oh yeah, he said if he could uh, quit everything and go to Vietnam, he'd go there. So I literally put in my two month notice with JD and <laughs> just oh like, and the whole <laughs> restaurant <laughs> just left for Vietnam. That's the fucking <laughs> dream. That's the dream. <laughs> right. Oh my god, that's amazing. It was it was just a weird call, but I'm glad I made it. I'm glad yeah. I made it because now I come back to now I'm back and I'm working at the Sandra Shaker. Uh, Throwing a lot of Asian flavors if you've been there. So that's where the big influence was uh, um, for my menu right now. But uh, between that, uh, came back in April uh, 2020, peak COVID and George Floyd. So I was just like, oh, welcome back to Minnesota. Right. And uh, yeah, kind of bounced around and finally have a home at Sunday <laughs> Shaker. And then, and then going back in 2016 when you moved here, that yeah, was yeah, right literally. after the inauguration literally, of Literally, I got to Minnesota February 2016. Two days later, Trump was president. I was like, fucking awesome, man. This is... I have so, a lot of great luck in Minnesota. If you, if you leave again, you're going to have to run it by us before we come back. Yeah, I, don't know if I'm, I don't know what comes after after dictator and plague. I don't know, I don't know what comes the after. The Vikings get moved to another city. Oh, don't come back. <laughs> you got to stay over there. Uh, uh, Reading, Pennsylvania. That I, I do not know where that is. is that, that is on, uh, on the Monopoly board. That is. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> no, so we're uh, about 45 minutes, uh, I want to say southeast of Philly. So okay, so I lived in Philly for a bit as well. I have family in Philly. Reading and Philly, like our two home little bases. So, so are, does 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 the word John make it into your vocabulary? It sure does. It sure right. does. I've been trying to explain it to the girlfriend. She's like, you know, I keep hearing this. And I was like, it's a noun. It's a person, place, or thing. It could be my car. It could be you. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part. It's a word that works for everything. It's fantastic. In, uh, I, I spent a little bit of time in both Philly and uh, Pittsburgh for work years and years ago, uh, and. For some reason, John clicked with me. I love the idea of being able to call like that John. Would you get that John? That John over there, like whatever. But I couldn't get into the the west side of the state, the the Red Up and the Yince guys. Yins, yeah. I've, I've never been to Pitt. I've oh. never been to Pitt, and it's sad because like a half of my family loves to go there. We're, we're really split down the middle. Eagles, uh, Eagles, Steeler fans. Sure. They go over okay. there for games, mm-hmm. and I hear it's a great food town and a great bar city. I just never been, but I hear it's, it's a little a, it's bit a of good a town. I hear it's Philadelphia with a mix of like the. The hickness of Ohio. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a, I'm sure all my Ohioan friends bristle at that, but there's definitely, I find more similarities in Ohio to Pittsburgh than I do like Philly that to Pittsburgh. Sense. But uh, all my friends in Ohio too, I'm sorry. I, I, I went, uh, so, so uh, I used to go around the country opening nightclubs and we would basically get like a corporate apartment or whatever. Yeah. And the nightclub section in Pittsburgh is like a little island in the river. Oh, and that was where they turned the whole thing into like an adult's playground, basically. Yeah. And um, we, there's a funicular that goes up the cliff yeah. to like old Pittsburgh. And I just got obsessed with like, I have to go up there. I got to be a part of this. And I took it up and it's a fascinating ride because it's actually like, it's really pretty because you just keep getting higher and you're overlooking um, all of downtown. So all these old skyscrapers, like old stone buildings. And then you get up there and it's, it's, it's a time zone. The only thing I can compare it to is like driving from Duluth into Superior. It's just wild. And then it's all these blue collar dive bars. And we just went on a crawl and it was, it was amazing. Like everywhere we went, the record would scratch when we walked in, Yeah, (laughs) but then we'd start bullshit and we'd buy a couple drinks and then everybody's telling stories. And that was the first time that I had the, it wasn't at Pomani's, but like the the French fries on the big ass sandwich. Yeah, yeah. I mean, man, right. I, I fell in love with all of that. <laughs> but that said, I always felt like I understood Philly more. Yeah, Philly is more. I love Philly. It's uh, like I call. I like to call it like a little bit more calm down New York. Like no matter know where you are in the East Coast, we're all assholes. But 
we're a little bit more calmed down, and you just got to, you know, we'll warm up to you eventually. Eventually, we'll warm up to you. New York, they'll never warm up to you. This <laughs> is the worst, but it's He's, a cool town. Just talk some shit back, and most of the guys are like, oh, yeah, all right. Exactly. <laughs> if you, if, once you give it back, it's good. Like, <laughs> you know, my girlfriend hasn't met my family yet because of COVID and everything, but yeah, when my 90 year old grandmother starts cussing at her, she needs to respond, you know? <laughs> Dude, that's amazing, man. Oh, I love that. East Coast to Minnesota to Vietnam, cruising across yeah. Southeast Asia yep. and then back. And it's 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 kind of crazy. I'm only 32 years old and I have to sometimes I get lost in the industry and kind of have to sit back and realize what my life's been. And uh, I joined the military at 18 to 20, 22, 24. So even that time, like spent two years in Iraq, one year in Afghanistan. I was stationed in Hawaii. I was stationed in Colorado. So it's like. I think I feel like oh I need to travel more I need to travel more and I have to sit back and like you've been a lot you've been around a little bit like chill out for a little bit. <laughs> Do you, can I can I ask what were you doing in the military? I was a cook that never cooks because uh, they didn't tell me that you have <laughs> civilian contractors over there. So oh shit. So my first uh, deployment I was actually a gunner uh, for QRF which is Quick Reaction Force. So I was that guy with the fifty cal on top running missions all night. And then the second deployment, I was doing logistics. We were running missions. We were on a big base, running food, fuel, water to the smaller bases. And then my third deployment in Afghanistan was pretty much uh, all base defense. So making sure all the trucks come on, get x-ray, just scanning the perimeter at all hours and stuff like that. 24-hour guard duties. And Fantastic. when you were in Afghanistan, was that when they fixed everything? Because, of course, we know that nothing bad happened and everything is fine. <laughs> it was perfect. Water parks and rainbows. Uh, um, with everything going on today, if, if you ask any soldier, everybody's going to be like, we all saw this coming. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, we, we trained them for 20 years and they still can't do a jumping jack. Like, it, it's, it's not to the fault of them. I could only imagine having a foreign superpower come in. All right, this is how you're going to defend yourself. Yeah. And they're like, from from what? Like, you know, like, Dude, you know the Taliban's a part of their, unfortunately, a part of their lifestyle. But we knew, we knew once yeah. we left, everything was going to go back to normal. So it's just, we're all just sitting back like, well, they're just goes down. You're the, yeah. 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 You're the third person I've talked to in the last five days uh, that had experience overseas with the military in Afghanistan. All three people have said the exact same thing. Yeah, we all know. It's, it's just it's, like, you knew as yeah. soon as the study. And like, well, you know. yeah, like all... All of my friends and family who are ex-military said they saw this hap- They saw this coming, but that they didn't think it would happen so quickly. Yeah, that was the most surprising That's part. My brother-in-law. That was the first thing he said immediately. It was that you know he's heartbroken. He lost like some of his best friends over there. Absolutely. And he's like, we did all that so that we literally flipped a switch, which is troubling. Yeah, it's <sighs> it, that's what I think about the human sacrifices, which you know there's thousands and not even just soldiers, but civilians as well. Uh, trillions right. of dollars, time, training, it was just all for nothing. Mm. And I think even more than what we do, this is unfortunately the track record of America. Vietnam took mm-hmm. a long time for them to recover to where they are now. Now they're turning into an Asian superpower. Good for them. But it, 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 we, just, we just turn countries upside down and then just leave them there. But it really, really messed me up to see the president of Afghanistan literally just go, here you go. Yep. Here's, yeah, here's the he country just by yep. and he just, just dipped, dipped just right like, away. And then the military dipped as well, and I was just like, oh, God, we cared about your country more than you did. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> I, it's got to be tough to try and, and figure out, like, what the right path to walk is when it's, you know, there's not many people living there that haven't 
lived with war the whole time. Yeah. You know, whether it was uh, running in with what happened with the Soviets in the 80s and then going through that. Like, if you think about it, there hasn't been much time where they haven't yeah, constantly been at war. Yeah. So how do you even find an identity? Yeah, exactly. Right. <clears throat> That's wild. It's, it's, I fear no streets I walk down in America because I'm like, I've been overseas and there's eight-year-old kids that are way harder than you, bro. <laughs> like, way harder than you. Walking around with an AK-47 bigger than them. No, there's, it's, it's way more intense. Well, <laughs> fucking A, thank you for your service and uh, let's start this off. <laughs> I didn't even see, which one did you pour? Elijah Craig, small batch. Let's go. Oh, man. We've talked about oh, it on delicious. this podcast. Dollar for dollar, that might be my favorite whiskey. Oh, that's a good there one. are nicer ones that are more expensive, but thank for the buck. Oh, <laughs> good one. <laughs> yep. It's like it kind of goes like all of my friends that like whiskey. It's sort of it's not everybody's favorite, but it satisfies yeah. you know everyone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that man. Yeah, it's my most reliable mixer right now since you can't get now. Eagle Rare gets lotteryed, which is fucking ridiculous. I think the same thing is happening with Buffalo Tracer. It seems to be. Yep. After Dude. there was a shortage a couple of years ago, now it seems like that's also getting shorted. We, we just got word at Sonder we're not even really able to get Hendrix for like two months. We're yep. like, you don't have fucking Hendrix, man. Like it's insane right now. Between people <laughs> collecting and the global supply chain getting rattled, it's it's fucking wild. It's, <laughs> it's only a matter of time before you won't be able to get this either. Yeah, <laughs> we got to keep coming up with new shit. Um, Prohibition. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Bringing it back to, I love that you brought up your, your service in the military because I kind of wanted to, to start with that. Yeah. Um, giving what you do right now, uh, uh, you know, as a chef, is there anything? Uh, okay, so the military, to quote Mitch Hedberg, uh, the military was never going to be for me because at ease never looked that easy to me. <laughs> I have a very fiery mouth and a temper that doesn't like getting yelled at. I had my own beef with football coaches, and that was close enough for me to know I probably wouldn't do well in that situation. <laughs> yeah. But looking at it now, looking back and having a little perspective, and obviously having been around the world, yeah. is there anything from that time that you carry with from your late teens to early 20s that you carry with that informs your, your style of cooking now or how you run a kitchen? Yeah, definitely. I definitely have more... I have the military discipline from that, and I've, I've kept that with me, and thank God for that. Um, my family is also very rebellious, very hot-tempered. We don't do well with authority, but I did realize probably after getting screamed at by a couple drill sergeants really early in the beginning, like, if I just do the right thing at the right t- place at the right time, this should be actually pretty easy. Like, that's all I got to do. Right. The, it's the, if, I don't know if you've you know, watched the news over the last ever. The military's <laughs> not really that smart. So all you got to do is really just do. <laughs> just coast through. You can easily coast through it. So um, I think it was actually the easiest transition for me. There's there deadlines. There's danger in a kitchen. I, it, it's so amazing that we haven't had any reviews for the chef's table at Sondra yet because the way we talk back there is just horrific as like every other kitchen and I'm just like well, I say to something or somebody, <laughs> yeah, I hear somebody say something online I take a leak back and alright we're still good okay no one heard anything like it was just the easiest transition because that was what the military was you know you had a, there was a lot of pressure there was a lot of deadlines there was danger in it in a certain way I fell in love with it and it all became my whole life is really weird like serendipitous shit like I was in the military I got out I got divorced I was sleeping on a buddy's couch and one of my soldier buddies who was a chef de cuisine in Los Angeles at the time was like yeah I see you're going through a rough patch if you can come out to LA I can get you a job cooking 
he's like, I'll just talk to my boss. And I was just like, uh, I didn't even know what a CDC was. I didn't know what a chef de cuisine. And I was like, yeah, talk to your boss first. I don't want to go to L.A. and I don't have a job. He's like, no, I'm the chef de cuisine. I was like, I know, but still, talk yeah. to him. No, he's like, you got the fucking job. Just get to L.A. <laughs> so I literally packed all my shit up in a 2000, 2014 Chevy Impala. Drove my ass to L.A., uh, had a friend out there. There was three of us in a one-bedroom apartment, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. in a ghetto, because that's just L.A. prices. And uh, I worked at Vertical Wine Bistro. I went to school full-time. And then when I had a day off, I spent it working for Animal uh, in Los Angeles Holy as well. Shit. Oh, really? Yeah, so it was just, it was baptism by fucking fire. And just, I loved it. I fell in love with it immediately. So um, just getting screamed at go faster go faster do this do this i felt like i was in the military again and i was just like this is this is it this is the fix i've been looking I know for how to do this. <laughs> yeah so you spent most of your formative years getting yelled at yeah yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of weird that it's just like a norm now like yeah. and then i go into my kitchen and it's like i have a two-man line besides me i have frank who you guys know and yeah. then i have dennis and it's like we've worked together for five years so it's like there's no chef there's no nothing it's like dennis frank we're all friends like Hey man, I kind of fucked this up. It's like, eh, whatever. Like, you know, toss it, let's do it again. But coming up, I did have that fiery military attitude. Like, I was getting screamed at by chefs. I had the military background. And then the first time I took a head chef job, it was plates getting thrown, sure. fuckers. And did you, did you, did you feel that way, like, about the professors at, at, um, at CIA? When you were there, where it was very similar to yeah. drill sergeants, where yes. is it built on like repetition and you have to do this right and yep. one little thing wrong, do it again kind of oh, stuff? Oh man, it was. I love the CIA for that. If somebody does want to go to culinary school, listen right now, go to the CIA. If you don't have the money, just go to a kitchen and get your ass kicked. I cannot stress that enough. Mm-hmm. Do not go into debt for culinary school. If you go to a good restaurant, they will teach you everything you need to know. But if you have the the resources to exhaust, go to the CIA. The first day we walked into fundamentals classes, old school, 75-year-old French chef, Chef Xavier LaRue. And he said, if you want to make money and you want to be on uh, uh, Food Network, get out now. <laughs> just like, just get the fuck out. Like, he's like, this is, not, this is not what this is about. Yeah. And uh, every teacher screamed at you and screamed at you, and it had to be perfect every single time. Everything had to be clean all the time. It was – I've went to all the culinary schools because uh, – when you have the GI Bill, you get paid a per diem, a VAH, for going to school. Sure. So when I just got divorced and I had shit, I was just enrolling into culinary schools to get that shit <laughs> just to survive. Yeah, yeah man. So I've seen, I seen Le Cordon Bleu. I've seen the, uh, the art institutes. CIA's got it hands down. And they, I started with a class of maybe like 85, I think 32 of us graduated. Wow. Like it's... Oh, wow. That's they, intense. They, they really narrow it down. They're I not think. advertising their graduation no. rates on TV. No, no. <laughs> and I think out of the 32, I think I've seen maybe about a dozen that are successful chefs right now. Like <laughs> having Also having no idea about, about like what it, you actually have to go through at basic, is it a similar washout rate? Like, Do a lot of people quit? Or? Yeah, yeah, they get quit. And then wines, wines class is the one that gets everybody. Believe it or not, you, get, uh, you go through... Uh, get through your first semester and then you immediately come back to wines and in a three to four week period you have to learn all the regions of wines blind taste know which old world new world all this shit and so like wow that's why i started experiencing uh, uh experimenting with uh what is it adderall for the first time uh, that's yeah. my, that's my, that's my, 
That'll see do what it. these new kid long kids. I was like 26. There's a bunch of 18, 19. And I was like, you need Shadow. I was like, what's Adderall? But uh, <laughs> it helped me get through wines classes. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's amazing, man. Yeah, that's the stuff you don't like. You, people you just don't think about. No, it's it's gnarly, man. It's I I love that school, but you also still have the college vibe. You have dorm rooms. You have like it, it's a beautiful, beautiful campus. Uh, campus, the one in Hyde Park, at least. I haven't been to the other locations, but. And you're also in like uh, you know northern college town, so you have like five other colleges, and like it's fun going to a bar or a club and like all oh, the CIA kids are here. Like, <laughs> we have a bad rep. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, Charles, what about you? As the as the uh, amazing chef that you are today uh, in the home market, uh, what what do you drag with? I would say from my formative years, things there's a couple lessons that I learned. When I first moved out as a teenager, I was very reticent to to cook big meals. And I think that once I learned that it's okay to make a mess, like if, you, if you're learning to make something, you're going to make a fucking mess. Yeah. So once I learned that lesson, I think I got a lot better at cooking. Like when I finally made real fried chicken for the first time, instead of taking shortcuts to make it less messy, that's, I've carried that with me through my whole life. Because if you want to do something right, sometimes you do have to use like 19 dishes yep. and like a sieve <laughs> and like four knives and a whisk and a spatula. But learning that, I think, will make anybody a much better home cook because – it allows you to sort of have the freedom to do things the way that you want to do them. The other thing would be when I started uh, going back to Lebanon in 2009 and uh, occasionally, you know, lending a hand at my aunt's restaurant because I was staying at her house and asking her to like tell me her recipes. Like, what's your recipe for tabbouleh? And she did the whole, and you can't see this obviously because it's a podcast, but I'd say like, how much uh, bulgur? do you put in there mm-hmm. she just scoops them up in her hand and she go huh? and she throw it into the bowl <laughs> and I'd be like dude that is not a measurement like, yeah. you're not helping but that sort of uh, was around the period of time because I was still in my 20s at the time I was you know probably 27 I think at that time that's when I learned like recipes really don't serve much of a purpose no. they can help you to understand what goes into something mm-hmm. but following a recipe byline by byline for me that that it never really worked and I hated doing it but I think via that, that's when I kind of the light went on that made me realize that actual creative cooking should not rely upon using specific modicums of anything. And if you're good enough with your flavors, you're going to end up having recipes. Like if I make, for instance, like a creamy chicken wild rice soup, I when I go to the grocery store, I have no idea what I'm going to put into it, but I always end up like plus minus two ingredients. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I like to put parsnips in it. So I'm always picking up parsnips. I like to finish with parsley. Like I use just a little bit of cream, but I don't measure how much. Sometimes I throw like a little bit of curry in there for like a je ne sais quoi. You get that little extra, like mm-hmm. the, just a combination of those spices. A little comes warm in depth the cream. to it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And like it almost always tastes almost exactly the same, but I'm not relying upon any sort of a recipe. So yeah, like, Cooking is art, baking is science, and I'm an artist by nature, so I just love the freedom of when I cook something, like having the encyclopedia in my brain instead of referring to a catalog of information. Definitely. definitely. What about you, Quam? Well, <clears throat> this my answer has changed since I, I sent this to you. Okay. Um, my original thought when I, when I was thinking about this question was that I don't like 
over the top plating because for some reason I mm. still think of myself as a 21 year old poor kid who's sleeping on somebody's couch because I don't have anywhere to go. Yeah, I literally I'd go to I'd bartend and I'd bring a backpack with and it had two changes of clothes and then like a phone charger and a couple other things and I I literally would go to work not knowing where I was going to stay that night. Yeah, that is still a thing and I think that's I think that's legit. But I think more to the point, I have I I I went to three. Three full shows in four days. So I've seen a ton of music in the last four days. And the thing that, that stuck with me, I think, more from cooking, and I didn't even realize it, was I was a studio rat with all of my friends that were musicians. Like, I wasn't good enough when they were finally recording good albums. I wasn't good enough to be on any of them. But I was, like, mildly entertaining, and I could usually find, like, beer or weed to bring with or cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was like valuable to like have me around at least a little bit. And <laughs> what I started realizing, what blew me away was um, there's a dude named Mike Moylanin uh, who's an incredible guitar player. And I remember watching him record a song and being like, that's the same guitar that like, I can't remember what band it was, some huge band. Like he was using the same guitar. And Mike's like, these are all this, like, they don't play, like, it's not a $4,000 guitar unless you prints and you're getting a custom one made. Yeah. They're all using the same shit. <laughs> You just have to think about, like, how do you want to put it together? How do you want the songs to go together? It's nothing. There's no magic thing that when you're rich enough, you can buy, and then that makes your music good. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you could maybe make a, a, a auto-tune joke. But, <laughs> but in all reality, it was the idea. I think you just did. Yeah, well, it was the idea that, like, anybody can make this shit with any of this yeah. stuff. If you put a great band on shitty instruments, they'll still make some good music. Oh, yeah. And I started realizing that I had thought through college and I've talked about this on, on the pod before that I didn't even know that you could like make your own sauce from scratch. I thought that was something that you had to go to school and learn the secret tricks and then you never tell anyone. Yeah. And once you peek behind the curtain, you're like, Oh, learn the roots of everything. Mm -hmm. And then you can start to feel it coming together and you build it from there. Yeah. And it's, it's sheer repetition, but the same thing that goes on when I'm cooking is what goes on in my brain when I'm DJing. Okay. It's, I have this, what do I want to put with this that's going to make that great? Yeah. And then I got two things. And now we're moving into that second thing. What do I want to do with a third thing? What, what, do I, what else can I bring in? And you start building it up. And the hope is, like, you might play somebody's favorite song or you might use somebody's favorite ingredient. Yeah. But the hope is that people don't even notice that you're weaving all of these things together yeah. until you get this final product. And then they're like, how did you do that? Yeah. Well, it's going back to the basics of just listening to everything and, and smelling everything yeah. and you know learning how it all works. And then you can kind of start to see through the matrix for it. Yeah. And I think that that actually probably informed my cooking more than anything was getting rid of the idea that it was some sort of class system yeah. and learn the roots, figure out what those are. And then you can just kind of go up each tree and you could figure out like, Oh, well I like this spice. And the more you look at recipes too, like I don't necessarily save them all, but yeah. looking at how people put other flavors together, you're like, Oh shit. I never thought about like the combination of coriander and cumin. Yeah. I remember the first time I actually tasted that. And I was like, that's what I've been trying to figure out what that flavor was. <laughs> but like, I didn't know that the first time, <clears throat> I had only had, real talk, I had only had uh, store-bought garam masala until the first time that you gave me a bag. Oh, and seeing the difference in somebody who spent eight hours in their kitchen buzzing up spices. Yep. Yeah, versus, it's a whole day proposition. Yeah, yep. Yep. versus buying some shit. Like, it was, it was like I could taste color for the first time, oh, you know? Yeah. You're, you break through this wall, and then you realize, oh, well, what else can I do with 
like that same idea. What else can I do? And then you start toasting up your own cumin seeds and using that for when you're yep. cooking something Mexican. Like there's so many things that you can do and all it's, it's just learn a little bit and then decide you want to make the effort to do it. Yeah. And you can do it. Yep. It's all about fundamentals, man. Once you have the bases and then and the fundamentals down, you could do anything. It's, mm. it's, it's like anything, anything, music, martial arts, uh, you know, cooking, anything. If you have the basics and fundamentals and the general sense, you can do anything. The sky's the limit, you know, and it's, that's one of the things I love about this craft the most and music and all these things. I'm obsessed with music. It's just nothing can be mastered. It yep. cannot be mastered. You can put out a really, really good jam. There are classics. There's a legendary tracks, you know, legendary musicians, but no one's mastered it. No nope. one can master anything, you know, and that's, that's the fun part. That's the white rabbit for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? The only thing that happens when you decide that you've mastered something is you stop learning. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. No, nothing exactly. else happens. And I love that that spreads across pretty much all of the things that I love the most. And it yeah. sounds like we have very yeah. similar tastes <laughs> and things. Yeah. Uh, I love that. That, yeah. that no matter what, you'll never get to the bottom of the, the bucket. You'll never no. get to the end of the tunnel. It's always going to be something else to learn. Yeah. And just when you think you've heard it all, then somebody else does something and you're like what exactly and then you gotta try it you gotta start back over at zero like i gotta figure out how this is made (laughs) that's what i love man there's a lot of chefs out there that are my muse man there's you know i go to their restaurants and i'm like what the fuck man like you're doing that i gotta recreate my whole menu man i'm behind the time It's a fun craft, man. You learn and you learn and you learn and then you die. Yep. yep. I find exactly. myself saying that on the show a lot. <laughs> and it's a fucking great class to be in. Yep, it is. Cheers. 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 <sighs> Sweeter than you. I got a question, though. You said, uh, you know, you struggled when you were in your 20s DJing mm-hmm. and stuff. You seem to be very successful and happy now. Do you? F- are you happy that you had that experience? Does it kind of make you kind of relish and enjoy life now that you've earned everything you 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 got through it yeah yes but there, there's a but with it okay so yes i think that things taste sweeter now because i remember how bitter things were yeah but the only thing that was stopping my me was myself yeah I uh, I did not have the language to talk about depression, and yeah. I thought that because I wasn't crying every day that nothing I, – I must just be fucking this up somehow. Yeah. And really what it was was my brain had a pretty massive chemical imbalance, and I was running all the way off the deep end trying to find substances that would just make me not have to mm. think anymore. Indeed. And I became my own worst enemy yeah. through that. Yeah. So it's really hard because I'm, I'm not a victim. Yeah. I was – partially choosing and partially trapped by my myself yeah. uh, and and the fact that I hadn't learned enough yeah. and it was the first time that I started reading about people that I really loved um, Robin Williams was the first person that I thought of and then I remember like holding on to Anthony Bourdain with Dear Life because yeah. the first time I read Kitchen Confidential I felt like somebody actually saw me Yeah, and it wasn't don't eat the, the Sunday fish special yeah, yeah. it was none of that it yeah. was him talking about his demons with drugs and alcohol and depression and suicidal thoughts. Like that was the first thing that I read that actually like made it okay and gave me some words to talk about it. Yeah. And you know, you start with a little pack of six crayons and you start drawing and then you get the 12 and then you get the 48 (laughs) and then eventually you get the big one, the 128 with the sharpener, you know, (laughs) to all my Crayola fans out there. But, uh, I, I feel like I, just like we were talking about, like, I'm still just, I'm still learning about, 
how my brain works and when it's on it's great and when it's off it's disastrous and thank god i have a partner that can see it and can talk to me about it and thank god i've spent the last 20 years studying it because then i actually like i at least can recognize bad stuff when it's coming but yeah there's like it's a reminder for me more than anything right now that if I choose to stop doing the work, I could and probably would end up back in a situation like that. Yeah, so there's times where I feel elated and there's times where I feel like I'm still running and like the walls are closing just behind me. Yeah. But as long as I keep sprinting, you know, I'm all right. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I mean, coming back yeah. from being overseas and then getting divorced, I'm also yeah, yeah. Uh, divorced and happily remarried now. Uh, did that, I mean, how bad did that rattle your world? Uh, it didn't rattle me too. I think mine's more from like childhood and just the military. I think it took me a long time to, I kind of just tucked everything. And sure. I was just like, oh, everything's fine. Like, you know, I'm still here. Ten fingers, ten toes, you know, everything's fine. Da, 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 da. But it kind of, it took me a while to realize like, hey, gunfire and explosions at night when you're 18 are not normal. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like, you know. Right. And uh, I had a girlfriend at the time when I came back, 18, 19 years old, and uh, I stayed the night at her house one night, and she's just like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, I'm perfectly fine. She's like, well, you're pacing the room at 3 o'clock in the morning drinking water. And I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but I'm fine. You know, like, it took a while to um, deal with the demons and get over a lot of things. The, the, the divorce didn't wreck me too much, but it, to me it was just uh, – I think that's why I found solace in the cooking world as much as I did. It it, it gave me an outlet to kind of get away from everything. It just, I, I forgot about everything else, and I was like, man, this is super, super hard. I know nothing. Like, I'm literally getting paid ten twenty five in Los Angeles to clean mussels and oysters for three hours. Like, and then go get my ass kicked on Grand Manger because that's all they trusted me with with salads. I'm surprised they trusted me with that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it kind of it became... Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen Roadrunner yet. Have you guys seen Roadrunner the Bourdain movie? I haven't yet, no. Oh, man. I desperately want to, and yeah. I, I just can't. I haven't been it's, able to make myself do it yet. It's it's pretty hard, but there's a. it talks about his addiction and how he eventually just starts getting addicted to other things that mm-hmm. are not substances. And that's what became cooking for me, and I burnt myself out. Partially, that's why I went to Vietnam. Like, I'd get home from every shift, Friday, Saturday, didn't matter how bad we got crushed. I'd go home. I'd light a bowl, and I'd read cookbooks. I'd crank through cookbooks till 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, go to sleep, wake up, go to the restaurant at 10. Didn't need to be there at 10, but I was just like, as long as I'm working and doing something, you know, it's... Uh, and one of, his, one of his quotes that always got me was... Uh, uh, what did you say? Is uh, uh, Free time is a bad thing for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm right sure. up that alley, mm-hmm. too. If I have a lot of free time, bad things are going to happen, right? That's so. <laughs> probably that's literally probably been the biggest change in, in my life in the last five ten years yeah. has been that I can finally embrace yeah. free time. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, that's that shit's real, man. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's getting a lot better for me now. I'm like, oh man, my day's off coming. I'm like, I can't wait. So like, I'm I'm definitely using more for sleep, and I'm getting better at recharging my batteries. But for a long time, man, that was just my mantra: just no free time, just do something. Go, go 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 Because yep. then you don't have to think about anything. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Problem's still there. Just before you, you walked in, we were talking about how hard we've both been going this summer. And I think it's I think we're well-formed uh, adult males now, so it's for a different reason than it would have been. But I was the same way probably in my, my early 20s. It's just like the chaos of my brain. I just The only way to quiet it 
wasn't to like mute it; it was to like flood it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, <laughs> but right dude, that's now, so it. <laughs> right now though, like, <clears throat> god damn it, we've we've been going nonstop this summer. I, I've had I had a dinner. Me and my buddy do. We were going to cook a dinner tomorrow night, and he ended up having to cancel on me because he and his wife are going like a hundred mile bike ride on Saturday. They're like, we're too busy. We have too much shit going on. I'm sorry to cancel. And there was a small part of me that was like, oh, thank you, Thulu. <laughs> yeah. Like every single fucking day, I had a bachelor party last night, <laughs> podcast tonight. Me and him were cooking this giant Asian dinner tomorrow night we're going to some friend's new house on thursday dinner reservations friday like dude i, I was like i i told marnie i was like I'm, i think i'm just gonna lay down on a fucking couch and watch some tv like yep. binge something on netflix yep. Yep. and it's yep. gonna yep. feel great like, yeah. <laughs> i did uh this is this is so sad to admit but uh i am 42 years old i went to three shows in the last four days and i drove myself to and from two of those three shows and i'm <laughs> so proud of that because <laughs> yeah. I, nice. I like 10 years ago no nope. nope. five <laughs> years ago i don't even know no. i mean it was like you go and you drink and you have fun and you grab some you meet some people you have mm-hmm. shots like yeah. that was all a part of it and friday night one of my buddies uh was supposed to go to the show with me and he tested positive for covid Oh, and shit. I was like, I've waited 18 years to see this dude. I'm going to go. Yeah. And oh, I yeah, was, you were hyped on that. Well, yeah. and I was like dialing in an Uber and I'm like, why? I'm going to a show by myself. Yeah. Am I really planning ahead that I'm not going to be able to drive home? Like, yeah. and again, I, I want to be smart. So even yeah. if I have a couple beers, like I yeah. prefer to Uber, but, uh, I was like, no, fuck it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to drive. Yeah. And I went and I had two grapefruit supremes, four and a half percent alcohol. It was lovely. Yeah, and yeah. then I went home. Yeah. And I got great sleep. Yeah. And that was very nice. And I'm like, holy shit, I might be figuring this shit out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think now that I'm comfortable getting in an Uber again, yeah. I've been Ubering everywhere. Yeah. But there is the funny thing that happens when you Uber somewhere. You're like, well, I just paid $28 round trip to come here. I'm going to earn this. I better get hammered. <laughs> <laughs> Which last night at, at Palmer's, uh, where we have recorded with Tony Zaccardi, yeah. it was Brian Hoffman, also a former guest of the program. Uh, it was his, his bachelor party. And like right when I showed up, I was like, give me some Vita Mescal, give me a banquet, lit up a cigar, and I just started blasting. <laughs> it's like, I, was, I was all the way in the pool at... I got there at seven fifteen. By ten, I was like, <laughs> but it's a bachelor party, so yeah, it's like, oh, let's that's, go. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Oh, that's wild. God. I still haven't been to that legendary spot. I've only heard you know oh, mythical legends best. of Palmer's. Oh, well, that's, <laughs> all right, Dude, so Palmer's rules. Not tonight, but sometime soon. We're gonna exchange info. We'll it. go. Let's do it. We'll go over there with I, you, man. I literally texted Marnie last night. Let me find my exact phrasing. But this is, every time I go there, it occurs to me. How much that place rules? Yeah, what I text this You'll, bar rules. Yeah, everybody's like, oh, I it's said, a this dark, crazy, rules. shady spot. I'm like, that sounds no way, dude. Like, that's no. <laughs> it's also one of the most diverse bars you could go mm-hmm. into in the city of Minneapolis. It's like, There's it's so many like, different people yeah. there, and I love that because I'm a brown man, and a lot of places I go into, it's not like that. Even in Minneapolis and in yeah. St. Paul, but there it's like all different people, all walks of life. It's it. I just feel super comfortable mm-hmm. in that environment, and it's just like a good. Uh, somewhat grimy. It's spiffed up, grimy. Yeah, Minneapolis sort of hole in the wall bar. I told, I told Tony, looking I, for. I helped him pull out all those old asbestos tiles from the ceiling, <laughs> and I told him straight up, I'm like, there are probably five people on Earth I would do this with. <laughs> You're one of them. I'm not saying like I'm not a hero for doing this. I'm just saying I need you to understand. I don't like. I'm not doing this because I'm your beer rep. I'm doing this because I love you and I love this bar. Yeah. And now I love going in there. It's one of my favorite things. I go in, I hug him, I order a drink, 
And then I sit back and I look up at this tin ceiling that's at least 80 years old. Right. And it makes me so happy because yeah. that was covered up for my entire adult life. Right. Yeah. I had never seen the original ceiling. That's we, found, we found a bunch of old bullet slugs because apparently <laughs> the original owner, when, he, when people wouldn't leave at the end of the night, would just get fire out, right? his Colt 45 <laughs> into the ceiling. <laughs> Sounds about right. And all those old slugs, were, they were all up there. It was, <laughs> dude, it was wild. Oh, my God. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> I respect the shit out of it. <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> so we figured out that if, oh I, if God. I stood on the bar, I was tall enough that with like if I went one hand, I could pull the tiles down one by one, right? Yeah. And so you'd be like, chung, 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 bling, 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 chung, chung, bling, bling, bling. You're like, dude, that's amazing. Someone record this beat. Yeah. <laughs> that's fucking legendary. Sending that to Ty Dollar Sign. <laughs> oh, Question man. number two. Mista Charles. So Tyler, I know you're fermentation obsessed. You yes. have a fermentation dungeon. I don't know if that's publicized information. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. What is something you're currently fermenting, curing, or pickling that you're really excited about? Man, so right now in the fridge, I got some kimchi going. I got about, I want to say probably about a gallon and some change of kimchi going. Got nice. some pickled daikon. Oh, shit. <laughs> that mic falls every episode. It's become a tradition. <laughs> Oh, oh, there we go. It so fell in, it fell in P, uh, Peter Bean's dumplings. <laughs> it literally fell in the pan as he was. It fell into Sims's crotch. <laughs> yes, yeah, Sims like picked up the mic stand and didn't know how to put it back down because he didn't realize like the legs go all crazy, <laughs> and he was pretty drunk like holding on to it. So, so that's, it's t- tradition. Here, here it is. <laughs> Looking, seeing how the sausage is made, I decided that I didn't want to like stand up and make noise to go grab a beer. So I was quietly trying to pull a rolly chair over that mm-hmm. has a cooler on it, but the mic the cord was noise. the the, the, the uh, wheel. The cord was wrapped around the wheel of the chair, and so I just pulled his entire world over here. <laughs> Whoop. So, uh, so is it uh, cabbage kimchi or another uh, form of kimchi? Yep, uh, cabbage kimchi. I got some daikon in there. Got the shrimp paste, got all the nastiness, Ooh. sambal, the good stuff. Yes, yeah. Um, I actually got lacto-fermented blueberries going, and that's actually on the menu right yes. now. I just put the Arctic Oh, come on. <clears throat> that's a Noma classic. Noma classic. Like just thought I'd give it a shot. You, you yeah. know, in, yeah. the bo- in the book, it's like the first thing. Yeah, in the- literally mm-hmm. the first thing. I was like, you know, I'll give this a shot, see how the Minnesotans mm-hmm. respond to it, and we'll go from there. So far, a little on edge about it. What dish is it on? <laughs> it's uh, Arctic char. It goes with the Arctic oh, char. Oh, I did see oh, that. I did see the Arctic char. Some broccoli rod and some Roasted uh, green onion bulbs. That sounds Want- wonderful. It's, it's probably the most French thing I've done so far since Holy I've been back. Shit. <laughs> it's yeah. fun. Dope. Uh, on that, I got some black garlic being made. I got black apples being made. I got vinegar mother uh, going up. through the first fermentation the process. The fuck is right a black now. apple? Uh, yeah, I know. I'm gonna have some fun with that. I cannot wait for that. To get. I think I got like another 35, 40 days. But okay. And then uh, the lady's doing kombucha. She always want to get a kombucha. So we just have a whole bunch. of What's things a black apple? Don't. don't so no. So like. <laughs> <laughs> what is a black apple? You so literally, you treat it like black garlic. You do sixty days, uh, throw it into like a heat, a heated. Uh, so situation. similar process. Yeah, like similar a, okay. process and everything. The, but the only thing is, once you take it out, you got to dry it, and then it becomes almost like a shoe leathery, like, yeah. like that that kind of consistency. You can make sauce bases and stuff with that. So. I'm looking forward to getting that done, trying it, and seeing what things I can have fun with that. But it's the in-laws. Uh, pretty much the in-laws are coming Friday, so it's like. 
they're going to be like, they're like, like what's dungeon? that smell? Oh, no. <laughs> I moved it into our, uh, our pantry at the moment. I, I knew that was not going hey, to fly. I, I pay Airbnb rates to sleep in that room. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. 100%. No, we, we have it going in the pantry right now. But I know okay. I know either her mother or dad are going to come in like, why does it smell like dying apples in here? I'm like, that's me. My bad. It's a dying <laughs> apple. <laughs> you, smell the, you smell the garlic, though. That's the best part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's and uh, I just actually roasted some beets. I haven't got to peel them yet. I think I might try and ferment them in some way, and then I'm going to probably pickle the other half. So nice. just, just having beets. some fun, just seeing what I can do with it. We have a guest bedroom. We didn't know what to do with it. We don't have guests over, so we're just like, she's like, do you want to turn in an office? I'm like, I don't really have need an office. That you is know? an office for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're in there working. Yeah, so I was like, I'll just turn it in a fermentation chamber. And she's like, oh, right, yeah, cool. So... I appreciate her being cool with that, but the fridge, yeah. the fridge, is, I think we're about like the month mark with the kimchi, and it's Getting starting fun. to get there. <laughs> can, I, uh, yeah. can I ask a favor, and yeah. I, will, I will give it back to you, <laughs> and you can tell me if you like it or not? Yeah. If I could steal a little bit of that black garlic. Oh, of course. I make a black garlic miso chocolate chip cookie. You dirty slut. Oh, I've had that. <laughs> oh, my God. It's my favorite I had, shit. I had a couple of those. And right my, oh my, my problem has been that the only black garlic I can get my hands on is Byerly's. just, oh, I didn't even know. I was buying it on the internet. You've asked me this, you've asked me this two or three times. That sounds very right. drunk each time. That sounds right. <laughs> that checks out. <laughs> they might not still have it, but I used to be able to get it there readily. I haven't got I, it there. I the did go to in, Lund's, and it wasn't. There, oh, the one in Roseville okay. had black garlic regularly for years, but I haven't got it there in like five years. Okay. So, so everybody out there, this is why it's really fun being friends with an autodidact because he remembers everything. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the the cookies are fantastic. You basically the the pinch of sea salt that I put into my chocolate chip cookies, you sub that out with miso paste, mm. and then the black garlic gives it this like fruity, funky note. Yeah, but as long as you do big chunks of chocolate. Most people won't be able to even pick out what it is. There's just this deep, like umami flavor I can to see it. That. I can yeah. see that. And oh man, the... it's it's such a specific flavor, but I love it so much. Oh, black garlic's one of my favorite things in life. The last the last round of black garlic I got was just fucking garbage. It yeah. was <laughs> hard as a rock. Like literally, I went to just try and, and slice it, and it cracked in half. And I'm oh, like, well, this no, is... no, no, you I can't to... put that in there. It, it's supposed to be disgusting and messy and get everywhere. Yeah. That's, that's how you want your black garlic, man. That's, like, uh, that's actually one thing that I can make. I got a pop-up proofer, Broad and Taylor, to like make burger buns in. But one of the other things that is very popular to make in there is black garlic because you can kind of fast-forward time. Yeah. It just still takes a really long time. you got to yeah. keep it plugged in for like a week yeah. with it in there. But it fast-forwards it a little bit. So I, I should try it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I should do it, it in there. Give it a shot. So they, they, are, they recommend like using a rice cooker as well, but I'm like, God oh, damn, right. we, we use the damn rice cooker. We actually use that a lot in that house also. Yep. <laughs> But no, it's yeah, definitely hook you up with some couple bulbs. But yeah, it's it's Dude, kind too. of been like a fun process, and like fall winter coming around is when I'll probably transition a lot of this stuff over to like the actual menu over at Sondar. I want to do like a ramen and pho night because those are my favorite things in life. Maybe like a Tuesday oh, in the winter and stuff. Take Ooh. the kimchi out. We'll top it with the kimchi and and just really have some fun with it. So. It's kind of just a side project. I never really got into it. It's just kind of one of those things. I was like, well, I'm bored at home. Let's just start fermenting and pickling everything in the yeah, house. Like, you know, for sure. Cats are loving it. And they're just getting in there. They're like, what does that stink? I want a part of that. <laughs> <laughs> that is always fun, the, the, having your partner be like, what the fuck is that smell? Something's gone bad. I'm like, no, something's gone good. good. <laughs> <laughs> something smells delicious. Yeah, you just have to make sure that you don't do late night projects and not tell your spouse because oh, then sure, yeah, a bunch yeah. of really, really 
valuable stuff gets dumped down the drain because clearly it was rotten. You have to explain at yeah. the beginning what yeah. a science project is. There's, there's nothing worse than realizing you are at fault yeah. and you can't blame anybody for that getting dumped down the drain. That's yeah. very well, mean. What about you, pal? Uh, so it's I can't I can't no, we can't count the hot sauce because no, no. you've already talked and I can't about I can't that. brag that this is fermenting but I will uh, say no pickling um, or curing that's why I okay, added those right. pickling curing so awesome I um, my wife is the only human that I have met that likes pickled jalapenos even more than I do Ooh, I, I love throwing them in everything we've talked about she has a very specific the Jenny special Jenny special when, <laughs> when she's when she's not feeling great and she she goes it's pineapple pepperoni jalapenos that's her pizza that she gets. So I respect it. I respect it. It's very good. <laughs> I did, uh, for, for my birthday, we had a huge barbecue. I did uh, chicken tinga tacos. And I wanted to make my own um, jalapenos. And I kind of decided on a whim to use um, rice wine vinegar to pickle them. Yeah. And I don't know if I'll ever go back. So nice. I did rice wine vinegar, roasted garlic, fresh jalapenos, uh, sugar, just straight up white sugar. Uh, tape like uh, sea salt, uh, and just let it hang out. And the sweetness that the rice wine vinegar provided is so spectacular that it added an entire new layer to a flavor that I already loved. And I can't stop eating them. Like I will just go in and just like last night I got home from a show. I tried to buy food on the way home. It's a Monday night in Minneapolis. So everything's closed. Yeah. Good luck. Yep. I pulled up to the grocery store and they were pulling the carts in front of the door. (laughs) And I was like, all right, I give up. So, uh, I got home and have one of your shitty sandwiches. (laughs) And thankfully, also fermented. My wife had decided to, to make some nachos. (laughs) So we had a little bit of, of tortilla chips left. And I literally grabbed like a handful of those guys and some salsa. And I just smashed those. (laughs) And I stopped eating the salsa because I loved the flavor of just the salty chip and that sweet, salty, funky, garlicky uh, jalapeno. And I, like I was sitting, I was giggling because I'm sitting downstairs, and some of them are hot as fuck. I got them from <laughs> a farm in near our cabin, mm-hmm. and like you know, it's like it's like shishito peppers. Yeah. Like a couple of them, like there's nothing, there's nothing. And then you get one, and it was just like Whoa. sweat pouring down. It's one out of nine. Yeah, yeah, I've done yep. studies. It's one out of nine. <laughs> Man, but it was it was awesome. And I was like, I don't know if I ever could have pictured myself just eating jalapenos and chips. But it was I didn't eat anything else. Yeah. It was fucking wonderful. So that's been that's been my thing. So if anybody out there wants to try it, it's it was spectacular. They were good after the first night, but now they're they've been in a week and a half and they're amazing. Okay, even better. Mm. Oh, pickling curing is such an underrated thing. I'm kind of upset I don't do it more. Like I remember going to the restaurant and I'm like Frank, I'm like we don't have any pickled shit at all on the menu. I'm like what are we doing? Like that's a flavor profile yeah. that's one oh, of the greatest yeah. flavor profiles of all the time. I'm like we need to start pickling in here, bro. Let's do this. So. What do you what do you do, with James? I'm, yeah, actually that. That is my answer, and it's part of the reason I expanded this question is I'm not fermenting anything right now. It's not time quite yet to do hot sauce, and I I don't have anything else fermenting, actually. I do get a lot of shit pickling. Hell yeah. Uh, and my favorite thing that uh, I have... Just real quick. I don't know why. I love I love the, the sound of shit pickling. <laughs> I just... I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I feel like that has to be some sort of like a down-home country expression somewhere. Mm-hmm. Shit pickling. Oh, your kids over there are just shit pickling. <laughs> it is a, since the time of year because it's like harvest season now for like all the produce we have yeah. at the farmers market. 
So I've got the the pickle tickle, the good kind. Well, they're all the good kind. I was like, what do you mean the good kind? Like, the good. I'm, I'm good with all aspects all of that. All pickle tickles. Uh, I, so I had some, I bought a bunch of really beautiful mushrooms at the farmer's market. And the wife doesn't eat mushrooms. Ooh. So I, I always have this sort of conundrum, like, do I cook them as part of a dish and then have them on the side? I can integrate them and she'll be real nice about it. Like, I'll pick them out and put them on your plate, which is fine too, but I don't always like to do that to her. Yeah. And I really wanted to respect the ingredient because I, I got beach mushrooms, trumpet mushrooms, and my Takis from like this small cultivar that is at the Minneapolis Farmer's Market downtown. And I had that bag sitting in the fridge for five or six days and I was like, I got to do something with these. And I was like, dude, I, I want to pickle them. That way I will have mushrooms. I can have mushrooms with my meal for a long period period of time when marnie doesn't want any so i can prepare dishes and then add pickled mushrooms to sure. my portion and then she can just have the lame version <laughs> uh, so i but i also got experimental with it i used uh acv i used uh anise szechuan Ooh. pepper and uh some little red dried red chilies so i think it's going to be i just put one i put one star anise in there and like just a pinch of Szechuan, I didn't want it to be like too mouth numbing. It's probably like six to eight little Szechuan peppercorns in there, and it's a you know a full size jar. But just enough to jar. give you a little that that we'll background see. like metallic tingle that you get yeah. from Szechuan. We'll see. And when Ooh. I pickle, I when I pickle, I do super sours. Ooh. So Hell like yeah. when I do my like when I do my pickled cucumbers, I do one hundred percent white vinegar 100 mm. percent vinegar like i like them super sour especially when i put them on a smashy boy oh yeah, oh, to, yeah. that's like when people are like oh you need lettuce for balance i'm like Fuck well off. for me nope. no that's not balanced that's like making you not taste the burger yeah. but if you want something to make it more digestible acid helps because yeah. it's so fucking rich so i do super sours i do 100 percent vinegar with my pickles which i also have going i have cornichons and um slices because nice. i do like like for for my like patented smash burger that I make, <laughs> I do like a relish, which is a bad word when it comes to burgers because people are like you don't put relish on burgers. But what I do is um, properly. Are there people that say that? Yeah, really? Yeah, because well, because they think of just neon green relish or like Heinz relish, which but is also like the Chicago that's, relish. That's still delicious. I would never put on a burger. Oh, it's fucking yeah, good on a burger, man. man. I, yeah, I feel like there's no, there should be no rules in food. Uh -uh. For sure. Except yeah. for here in Chicago, if you put ketchup on any burger or, or any dog or anything like that, you're going to get slapped in the face. That's like, why I, I specifically yeah. do oh, that yeah, in yeah. Chicago. Yeah. Just to fuck with <laughs> people. It's it's Yo, I'm like, oh, I'll play the devil. <laughs> you're from Pennsylvania. Yeah. You understand the love of Heinz. Heinz is my life. Three spices, salt, pepper, Heinz, baby. My buddy Mike, who I went with to Pittsburgh, he's from Pittsburgh. Uh, rest his soul he is gone now but he uh, uh, one of the most interesting culinary battles I've ever experienced in my life was Nate of Nate Dogs yep. brought Nate Dogs to a UFC fight night at my house <laughs> Mike was there Mike goes to my fridge and grabs a bottle of ketchup he brings it in the living room and Nate goes no don't put, don't put ketchup on my hot dog it's a and deep then, passion yeah and he was like he's like I love ketchup I love putting ketchup on hot dogs and then he was he goes just please don't put ketchup on my room and then Mike Mike took his plate and he took the ketchup and he went in the hallway by himself and you could hear the it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen because Nate was like pretending not to hear it he was like at least he didn't do it in view yeah. but Mike was like fuck you I put ketchup on this I hear like that's the only battle and I respect it I don't know what it is with Chicago oh and their hate for ketchup or just people that hate ketchup in general I love it but 
I will respect the no brat rule, the no dog rule. To, but, yeah, to, I don't do ketchup either on on an old fashioned wiener. I like mustard. I just like, but but I understand the appeal. Same thing with a burger. Put whatever you want on a burger, yeah. but I'll tell you, like for me, I am very much a purist, and I'm glad that we're at the point that we are with Smashies, yeah. where it is mostly like purist burger, like tasting the beef, tasting mm-hmm. the cheese. Yeah. That for me is my favorite. Real quick to put a button on that because I didn't explain the relish thing is I take my cornichons. And I do uh, quick pickle, fridge pickle, shallots, mm-hmm. and I do equal quantities, and then mm-hmm. I like really chop good. them together, and then that's the pickle that I do on like sure. my pan to smash yeah. uh, Are either of you guys? Do you know the comedian Kyle Kinane? Yes, I do not. Uh, I need to get back into comedy. Kyle, <laughs> he, he's got kind of like a, a raspier, deeper voice, kind of like me. Okay, and uh, one of the greatest intros. I, I, I'm a comedy junkie, yeah. and one of the greatest intros I've ever seen was Kyle Kinane walking out. To a crowd in Chicago, what's up, Chicago? Mm-hmm. I feel like this is exactly where I need to be right now. Like, we need to stand up for what we believe in. Like, if the color of your skin should never matter to what anybody <laughs> thinks of you, and they all start cheering. It's like if you want to, if you fall in love, oh, you go. should marry whoever the fuck you want. Yeah, like, he goes. And if yeah. I want to put ketchup on a fucking hot dog, I'll do. And it got quiet. Like, oh, look at the liberals of Chicago finding their fascism. Like I was dying. Silence. I literally almost fell out of my chair dying because I watched People an entire theater going. <gasps> Like, they just gasped all of the oxygen oh, out of the room. <laughs> and he's from Chicago. And I loved that he just got him with that sucker punch. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Do, do any of you know what the beef is with ketchup in Chicago? The like, OG Chicago hot dog has everything but ketchup on it. Yes. Because at the time, it wasn't a ubiquitous topping. Mustard came with all of the German settlers. Mm-hmm. Ketchup hadn't really caught on Where yet. Where like, the sport peppers and the neon green relish? <laughs> exactly. That was, the nuclear relish is what I like to call it. It was, yeah, it was it was Italian delis and in, in, in Polish delis right. in Chicago yep. started making different versions of that, and that was where it all started coming in. Yeah. And it just got it just wasn't a condiment yet. So then when it eventually yeah, pushed in, all, all it is is that the Chicago dog doesn't have ketchup. Correct. Right. Right. And so therefore, it's the, now turned into a Close thing. Minded Chicago. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> not ready for some change. Heinz, in all fairness, I won't eat any ketchup unless it's Heinz. That is the far superior Dude, ketchup. Dude, that, oh, is, that the is the truth. Only, that is the only ketchup. Housemate ketchup, cut it out. Oh, like, stop it. It's pretty much over now. Like, it's pretty much over. I don't want to restaurants that do it, but I don't want your housemate ketchup. But don't do it. I don't want your watery housemate ketchup. It's not ketchup. It's something else. It's some kind of sugary tomato sauce. Yeah. Just write sugary tomato tomato sauce on yeah, there. House-made sugar. Yeah, sauce. just put that. That house-made ketchup thing needs to stop. Yeah. Unless you smoke it or do something cool like the fermented game. Do you I'm remember how big that was like 10 years ago? Yeah. Everyone was making their own ketchup and yeah. I was like, stop. It's already I don't want to dip my fries in no. your fucking marinara. Exactly. Sugared sugar. marinara. Your sugared marinara. Oh, no mm, fucking Just thinking. like grandma used to make. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, shit. Oh, I, is I, I already shot a clock? It no, is shut Wait, did you? Wait, you? Oh, you went. You yep. Went. All right. I'm getting a little, getting my wires crossed here. Woo. Let's drink some alcohol. All right. Well, uh, I'll pour. You're asking. Okay. So, I wanted to try and flip it. Obviously, given your culinary prowess, we wanted to talk about some food stuff. But I wanted to try and talk about a few other things. And I didn't. I honestly, for all of our listeners out there, we've actually worked together on a, a party before, and we didn't realize it until today. So it's kind of it's kind of fun to be able yeah. to have this, but. What you said when you walked in, talking about remembering that night, this is perfect for me. So uh, last night, I went to a tour, a, a show 
that um, it was Weezer opening for Fall Out Boy opening for um, Green Day. And uh, I had... I went on a whim because a friend of mine had tickets, and honestly, I had a lot more fun than I thought I was going to. Fair enough. Uh, I was telling Charles, I did not realize that I knew all of Green Day's library by heart. I never would have thought, <laughs> if you had bet me that, I would have been like, man, no way. And then I sang along to every song. Um, so I was wondering, I think about this shit all the time. The whole way home last night, I was thinking about it. That was three bands that have played in sort of similar-ish genres mm-hmm. who have become friends uh, we found out uh, through somebody that we know in the industry that the reason that Green Day is the headliner and gets to finish every show is because two years ago when they were all on tour, Fall Out Boy booked two more stadium shows and therefore outsold Green Day on the tour. So Green Day refused <laughs> to play anything but the headlining spot. Man, so What's, petty. I love it. I love it. Like, oh, it's not my business. Give me the petty. I want. I love it. I love it. Fucking Patty LaBelle's left and right. <laughs> but what I was wondering is if you could put together a show of three artists that you love, your version of this tour, say you strike a crazy win in the lottery or something, yeah. and you're like, I'm going to throw a fucking show. And that was your answer to the lottery <laughs> question. What would, what would your, yeah, so I assume everybody else would. Is this all genres or is this rock or no, is whatever for you, for, for you, who would be your, and it has to be in the order best. of opener, okay. mid, Headliner. Opener. Oh man. Hold up. Let's do this shot. Yeah, let's do this shot. Oh, yeah. Let's not get some creative, yeah. uh, creative <laughs> get the uh, juices, juices going. Yeah. <laughs> or lose them, depending <laughs> on how deep you get. <laughs> oh, delicious. Oh, also, we're drinking EC and we're drinking um, Maker's Mark. We're yep. alternating between the two. I don't think we mentioned we're drinking Maker's Mark. <laughs> that is true. Too, too easy. For you completionists at home. <laughs> Two delicious ones. Oh, man. And if you need a little more time to think, that yeah. also... I know my headliner. My headliner is my favorite rapper of all time, Aesop Rock. That is, yeah. that is my favorite okay. rapper of all nice. time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if I could preach the gospel of Aesop Rock of the most lyrical, profound lyrics I've ever heard in my life, I want everybody to hear it because that's just the different level. Scientifically yeah. proven. Yeah. ASAP Rock has used more words than any other rapper in the history of hip hop. I believe it, and it's not—it's not, it's not close. This math. <laughs> like, um, there was a—it was a, a uh, YouTube video, right? Well, originally it was like a—I um, want to say it was like a Stanford study. It was a, a, a university did a study looking at like like they went through everything, and they were yeah. they had AIs run all the language that anybody's mm. used, yeah. and uh, and then, it, yeah, then it kind of went to, like, YouTube, and then they started doing rhyming structures and who's more in-depth on it. But. It's kind of awkward when Lil John's at the bottom with one. <laughs> <laughs> no, because he's got, yeah, and yeah. okay. And okay. Oh, shit, he's got two, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and he knows how to yell shots. <laughs> three. He's got three. Yeah. Skeet, skeet. Okay, he's got oh, four. Oh, but is, is, four. does Onomatopoeia Whoa. count? Uh, he's climbing the ranks. No, he's still at the bottom. It's, it's so funny. Like, I play Lil John in my kitchen we have like an eight he just turned 18 years old and he's just like oh little john i'm like hey man you don't know this Uh-oh. but back in the day you could not turn on the radio without hearing little john like without he ran the scream. radio for like five years right. like, <laughs> try going to vegas in the in the early <laughs> oh, 2000s it's just his voice echoing through the tunnels <laughs> of like the mandalay bay <laughs> you walk down the strip and yeah. you're just both sides just it was like, 50 cent little john at all yep. times because he knows i can relate to that so much my dad lives in vegas so i frequent oh, there shit. a lot oh, so yeah. it's just like I, I love vegas vegas is just oh like, it's a culinary crazy. paradise now it's too culinary paradise i love like i remember walking down the strip one time i literally heard uh lord performing i think it was either like 
uh, I think it actually was at the Aria. They just opened. Yep. Like they actually Lord. performing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and you could cool. hear Echo, and I'm like, you can hear a Lord concert just walking down the street. That's pretty fucking mm-hmm. dope. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but uh, he'd definitely be my headliner. Um, man. Open. Take a minute. Take a yeah, minute. I was going to say, what, yeah. do you have your list already yeah. created? Or? Because, <laughs> I mean, this is, this is going to be recorded, so when yeah. this happens, whatever you say is the official answer. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is sensational. It'll get shared. I'm like, man, Tyler has some shit taste in music. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years from now, you're like, oh, I really wish I didn't say that. God damn it. Man, I really wish I didn't say Takashi 6 9 <laughs> I think for me... I would want, and I, 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 they, they don't have any ill will against each other. They just haven't performed together in quite a while. But I would want my first group, because again, when you go like looking at this tour that I was using as a reference, like it's not like Weezer is a small band. No. I mean, they're fucking huge. No, they're massive. So yeah. I would want to start with something that would make me feel good and make me nod my head like nobody else. I would love to see Method Man and Red Man together mm. because I've seen them separately. I've never seen them perform together. Yes, and. I would want probably nothing more than to hear the Rockweiler live and just like lose my shit for the amount of times that I play that goddamn song uh, DJing. Yeah. I would love for that. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Then I would probably go because I know it would just be fucking fun. uh, I would probably have the Foo Fighters come in because I feel like Dave Grohl would find a way to like Method Man and Red Man opening. For it would be number clarity. one. Okay. That's fair. That's and then the Foo Fighters. Set the tone. And then this is only because now I have crossed everybody off my former top ten except this human being. Uh, I would have Bruce Springsteen headlined because I've still never fucking seen him. And I'm starting to get worried. Uh, that is some show. That he, <laughs> he, I don't know how long he's going to be around. You know, you you never know. You never know. You never know. I was gonna say, whatever happened to that podcast? I'm worried because they had that podcast for like right? six episodes, and they just, so I just you know Charlie Watts. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Were fucking eternal. The demons. first band I ever saw live, <laughs> and uh, Rolling and, Stones. Yep. Oh no, kidding. Steel Wheels, 1989. Wow. And I remember thinking, I still vividly remember thinking, everyone else is just prancing around. And Charlie Watts is sitting there with his fucking jazz handle on his left stick yeah. and then just tapping cymbal. Like, I love the fact that everybody else was trying so hard to be rock stars and he just had a fucking ponytail and his little jazz handle and he's just doing his thing. Like, he didn't give a shit. It's actually yeah. well publicized that he didn't want to be a rock star nope. or like you know have the camera directly on him he hated drum solos he was mm-hmm. like very open about that he's like i know my friends like to do them i don't want to do them i want no to play i want to play with the band mm-hmm. like that's oh, he's yeah. quoted as having said like drum solos are dumb the last time the band. <laughs> so i've seen the stones three times last time that i saw them okay. uh they brought a second drummer on and he did all the flourishes and then charlie watts huh. kept the time really i and didn't know they do that charlie kicked it over to him twice so he could have his little drum solo and he could have his little moment and then come back to Charlie, and he's just smile, just shake his head, just da da da. And you're like, that's so fucking cool. That's almost like the anti-rock move is almost cooler than the rock move. Yeah. That like, I know I'm legendary. I know I could, but yeah. like, 
I don't fuck with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tap my little sticks and do my thing, and then I'm going to go back, probably have a nice glass of wine, and go to bed. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, the drummer is always the most secure person in the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, an old metal band that I really like, not old, but like late 90s, called Nora, had a song called Nobody Takes Photos of the Drummer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, nobody Takes Pictures of the Drummer. But yeah, that's, <laughs> you know, the idea that that's the guy who's just back there. <laughs> Right. I would say one B. I, I should give a caveat. One B would be <laughs> would be the, the roots. Uh, speaking of okay. drummers, it would be the, the roots because uh, they are the most electric thing I've ever seen live. Okay, I, the, the roots can be there, but they got they got a B stage just to the side. And like, they, <laughs> they interlude everything after watching. Yeah. After watching, we'll accept it. After finally Tyler, getting to see cool? the yeah, that's fun of me. After finally getting <laughs> to see that full band, I've, I've honestly I've never seen a band that took over a performance more than the Roots have. I hear they put on a great show. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like the fact that there's a dude just walking through the crowd playing a sousaphone <laughs> while Kirk, the lead guitar player, is just off on one. And then here's the best part about the Roots. And if you guys ever see them perform live, or if you're ever watching a video of them playing live, Questlove has his mic for like you know kind of doing the hype stuff with Black Thought. Questlove has a second microphone that only goes into the earpieces of everybody else in the band. Mm. And the entire show, he calls out who should be playing and who shouldn't be playing. Wow. He'll pull the keys out. He'll pull the guitar out. He'll pull, everyone listens to Quest. And I was, <laughs> there were like three or four times that I forgot. I've heard this, but I think you may have told me this. Could have been. Yeah. I, I was fascinated. Like I kept forgetting to dance because I was trying to figure out who he was talking to. Yeah. And you'd hear, you not hear, you'd see people's faces be like, oh shit, that's me. Uh, okay. <laughs> Stop playing for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, go. And then <laughs> like it was, I've never seen anybody and he never stopped drumming the whole time. Yeah. So this dude is playing some of the most intricate hip hop rhythms I've ever seen yeah. while telling everyone in a nine piece band what to do three of whom aren't on stage. They're just out in the crowd walking around. Yeah. So if, for some reason, Springsteen or the Foo Fighters were not there, then the other one slides into that middle spot and then the gotcha. Roots It's uh, We talked about like I not being able it. to master anything, but I love seeing masters of the craft, and Questlove is definitely one of them. Oh. Like, that's one of those things you're just like, that's... Who else can do that? <laughs> like, like, he, they did it live when, when they did... Um, um, God, from Things Fall Apart, the If You Don't Worry About Me, yeah. their radio single. God, why can't I not think what that is? Anyway, uh, when it goes into that that drum and bass rhythm at the end, yeah. like he did that, and watching him play that, like I don't even know what his sticks are doing. It's just blurs, <laughs> but he's just fucking just killing it, and then just goes back into that like four four time again. And as soon as you slip out of that, like the whole crowd, people that don't even understand music, are just like, oh, I have to sway to this. Like yeah. they just bang in their heads, you know. <laughs> and that's that that's that subtle stuff where you put all the ingredients together and they don't know why but they're moved by it yeah and that's the shit i love you got me yeah you got me there you go i love that shit (laughs) hell yeah also the the original version with jill scott singing before the label replaced her with uh erica Erica badu Badu. who i love to death erica badu is magic Mm -hmm. but going to see her Uh, this is a callback this is a callback (laughs) Quam, because I didn't what episode th- was? It? Oh, it was the uh, Mecca Boss episode yep. where you were like, you know, you wouldn't go these these tickets I got are shows you wouldn't go to, and then you said it was Erica Badu, and I was like, I would love to go. Yeah, Marnie got us tickets for our 
Oh, our wedding anniversary. Because I jumped her out and got Leon Bridges tickets oh. earlier than she knew they could be had. That's fair. She's like, how did you already get them? And I'm like, I found them early, early baby. I'm magic. Sale, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, get us America Madu tickets. So we're doing both. That's actually, yeah, I think they're like three weeks apart. That's yeah. going to be fucking nice. Yeah. Hell that'd yeah. be a great show. Ah, she's she's magic to me. Like uh, never seen her, so that'll be Erica Badu dope. is. I'm not saying she's the same as Prince, but like I'm fortunate enough to have had a lot of interactions with her, a, a good amount of interactions with Prince. I've never thought that he was human or mortal. Yeah. Yeah. Like he just existed to the side <laughs> of everything else that happens here. I feel the same way about Erica Badu. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Truly, like if you told me right now that she was actually like an alien or a spirit that was sent here, I'd be like, yeah. That, that, she just comes down to checking on us humans that tracks. for a little bit. Yeah, just, <laughs> exactly. Just checking on us humans and like, I'll make you some music I'll, for you guys. I'll throw, I'll throw out you a, a yeah, couple yeah. of musical crumbs for you so you can freak out. I can definitely get down with that. Like she's... <laughs> I was really big into Badu when I was at the CIA and like I'd go you'd take a train down it was $13 round way you go down to the city just could get completely shit faced in like Manhattan we just bar hop Brooklyn Manhattan take trains everywhere and then you take the night train the what we call the vomit rocket oh, yeah. all the way back upstate you know another three hour train ride and uh I just play Erica Badu on. My head is spinning. I can't open my eyes. Everything's spinning. I just listen to Erica Badu, and she just get me home, man. <laughs> she get me like... that, that shit will center you. <laughs> All right, so we either have Charles or do you... I you... got it. Okay, I got you got it. it. All right, All right. let's do it. <clears throat> so uh, my opener, I think I'm open up with Blackstar. Ooh, I think yeah. I'm open with Blackstar. I think they'd set the tone. And speaking of going to shows... I think you got the tickets, babe. I'm not sure. Let me know when I get home. But uh, my middle would be uh, Thundercat. He's going to be oh. here in November. We've been talking about oh. going to the show in November. I'd love to have. I, I I'm a sucker for the bass. My bat, my dad raised yes. me on uh, you know jazz and the biggest Prince fan. When he first came to visit me, it's the only time he came to visit me. He landed and he's like, "So what day are we going to Paisley Park?" I'm like, "Good to see you as well, Dad. Good to see you. <laughs> glad, glad you're here." <laughs> but that's, uh, dude, Thundercat is that's a, that's a, a dude. I look at him as a chef, and I don't understand how he's cooking some of his dishes. That is yeah. a dude, Thundercat and Flying Lotus. I yes. want to sit down with, and I just want to be like. I'm not going to fanboy out, but just give me like 10 minutes where I can ask like, how the fuck did you come up with this chord structure? Yeah. Or how the fuck did you come up with this like way of repositioning a sample? Yeah. I don't understand it, but it's beautiful. Yeah. It's absolutely. Absolutely amazing. I, I, he, for a new artist, that is like the one person I have like my microscope on. I don't listen to a lot of radio. I don't listen to a lot of new musicians. I'm usually listening to old stuff because I need things to mean something to me. Uh, you know, when it comes to hip hop, the only people I listen to nowadays are like Kendrick Lamar. Like he says things that mean something. And then you have Thundercat. Like just you, you could you you see the '70s on in Thundercat. Like I love those people that have old souls that you could tell they were listening to their parents' albums back in the day, and that's their influence. Like like not the new shit. Yep. You know, Earth, Wind, and Fire. You know, uh, Parliament. Those are my influences. Yes. <laughs> like you know, like that's that's the shit I love because that's what I was raised on. I I've, and um, I've been very blessed with like family that's touch me in all musical forms my brother was the hip-hop person like going to hit I, I have four half brothers and three half sisters uh but we all we all treat each other like sure. so we always it, it's one of the things i'm very happy and blessed to have and i go to visit my brother and he was the one playing put me on the wu-tang and the extinction level event bust the rhymes album just mm -hmm. like classic <laughs> classic albums that's where i got my hip-hop roots from 
And then my mom is uh, Alice in Chains. She made me watch The Wall when I was like six years old. Amazing. Like that thing, which yeah. I wasn't even on acid. I was only six, but it changed my life. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> and, uh, For sure. But like, Robot you know. Robot <laughs> Exactly. Robot tripping. Like Alice in Chains, Pink Floyd, <laughs> Depeche Mode, uh, Nine Inch Nails. She was like very rocky, which yeah. was... And, um, I'm not calling you a bad mother, but my mother, she, she, I remember watching uh, Closer, the Nine Inch Nails yeah. video Closer. Oh. And she <laughs> That's said, That's a fucked up video. And she said, Don't it's turn away. Song. This is art. This yep. is not scary. Yep. This is not sexual. This is art. And I appreciate the shit out of her. That's actually for a beautiful them. sentiment. Yeah, like differentiating, like, this is not supposed to scare you. This is not supposed to arouse you. This is, he's so, trying to get a message across. Closer would have been like 96, 97. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How old are you then? Yeah, uh, see, I was born in '89. So. Oh. <laughs> <I'm No. sorry. laughs> Is that hurt your I don't mean to. I don't mean to age yeah. anybody. No, 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 no. It's like a downward <laughs> spiral came on '94. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like that took at least a year for that single to really hit on the radio because it wasn't a hit oh, out I of the gate. I don't recall. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Yeah, the, the release. Right. Because I vividly, I vividly remember. I guess it was probably '96 when I really felt it, like everywhere in my world right and that was high school for me yeah and uh that was god fucking mr self-destruct in that record is still <laughs> still fucking amazing oh, anyway yeah, Trent Reznor is a monster man incredible <laughs> one of the sure. legends and then my father I'm actually half white half black and my father is African American so that's where like the prince um you know uh all the all the trumpeters and jazz players uh he put me on to um what is it uh sees these guys all the time I can't remember I'm sorry but like he put me on to Prince Elton John sure um, anybody that can play an instrument and then it's kind of funny he even evolved a little bit I remember going to visit him in Vegas one time and he's like have you listened to Pharrell's album Girl and I was like no he's like you gotta listen to that album that's just a beautifully put together album with instruments mm-hmm. and uh, it's one of my favorite albums of the day so he just loves this the, the instrumental aspect and somebody who has that 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 deep rooted love for music so i've been very blessed to have all these things just kind of and then i have a hippie aunt who put me on like grateful dead you know she's the one that actually put me on to parliament a little bit more bob marley you know that's what we used to dance to in the kitchen when i was a kid so like it's oh, it's been it. yeah it's it's been a great uh <laughs> for me food and music are just two things your, that go on hand in hand your musical <laughs> Roots are literally <laughs> most of my library. Like it's it's wild. Oh, yeah, I've, most of your 30, 37,000 band library. Yeah. <laughs> it's, this is this is really pathetic. So I, I had to do this. So I bought a new computer for DJing and for podcasting. Period. Yeah. So my other laptop is just for work yeah. and mm-hmm. fucking around. And if you're listening, is, IRS, he's writing this shit. Yeah. Up, okay. <laughs> so this is this is here, and. Uh, it, it was it was humbling to you gotta get, just you got to get one of these sweet libations I, for everyone. I can't stickers. figure out where what? I put them, but we'll talk about that. No, soon. Okay. All right. uh, but um, it was really weirdly humbling for me to just put my personal library, not my DJ library, yeah. on this, and realize that I have just shy of a half a terabyte of just music for me to listen to Jeez. that doesn't count my DJ shit. <laughs> and then I was like, I literally thought buying this computer, I'd be like, oh, I could put it all on there. I'm like. No, I can't. Okay. Well, if we have to just have the DJ shit that we plug in for the shows, like we can figure that out. But I was watching it, it count. And once it started hitting six figures on how many songs I was putting in 
for my shit that doesn't count for DJing, I was like, all right, there might be a problem. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No, music's a great addiction. <laughs> That's a great, great addiction to have. So, Charles, yeah. what's, what's your show? Give us the show. Yep. And I hope Ghost is there because I really want to go. No, there's no Ghost. Damn it. This is an easy answer for me, though, because I have like a triad of my three favorite bands of all time. Well, I already know one of them, and I'm going to be And it's consequently my three favorite albums of all time. So the opener would be Converge. Here's the other thing. For this show, because it's my fucking show, and I'm going to be selfish, they're each going to play that album. Oh, for sure. my favorite (laughs) album of theirs. Because I've seen all these bands live, but I've never seen them perform my three favorite albums of all time in their entirety. So it would be Converge playing Jane Doe, followed by Opeth playing Blackwater Park, followed by Tool playing Lateralis. Mm. And that would, like, yeah, I, I would just be moved beyond words if I got to experience that yep. show. And hey, fuck it, let's do this. Grandstand at the State Fair. That's where I want it to take place. Ooh, okay. I want the outdoor venue. Okay, all right. Yeah, I would also, it would still Ooh, be an outdoor thing. Let's choose a venue. What venue would you put? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you right now. Uh, Festival Field at Surly, because I could control how many people could be there. And I like right. the idea of throwing a show for only 7,000 people. Isn't that the so. interesting thing, too? Because you could easily say, like, oh, I want it to be in uh, 7th Street Entry Ooh, or something I like could. that. But the, the, the sound of, like, the bands that I want, that experience, I think, is meant for like the specter of a large audience and for me I love watching outdoor shows I've seen Tool Outdoors one time and I've seen them fucking 40 times so I would just love to see I've never seen Converge or Opeth Outdoors so that would be dope for me like to you know be out when in my beard, drinking a fucking beer, That's hanging it, out with Marnie and all my when best you have pals. That gu- when you're at an outdoor go. show and you have that gust of wind that mm-hmm. takes away all of like the BO and the carbon dioxide uh, of like, people's it, hot breath. Or it, go- or it gusts it right at you once in a while. Yeah. Sometimes you just get hit with like a turbine wave oh, of God. stank. Being, being <laughs> lucky enough smell. to have like a head above most people at a show <laughs> is the great like, Because I just get this breeze that goes right across. Turbine wave yeah, there you go. Because it'll hit most people's heads, and then it won't dip down. Because that's and then I just get all of like the fresh air. Like I got, the, I got that good spaceballs air up, here. cracking cans of fresh oxygen. Uh, can you imagine being four ten and just smelling every fart? Oh, oh every single fart. I, I <laughs> friend of the podcast, future guest Abe Popowitz. We went to a show together. And, uh, that was a very mean segue. <laughs> Why? <laughs> We're talking about people being short enough to smell every fart, and you immediately are like, "This is so." So Abe, Abe is a lot of things, and I'm pretty sure that Abe would knock me out if we ever fought. But uh, we were at a show together at the Palace, and uh, I went to where I always stand at the Palace, and then I looked up at him, and he is uh, he's he's not tall. <laughs> and um, I was like, oh, shit. And he goes, yeah, this sucks. And I was like, well, all right. How about you find where it works? So we're walking through the crowd, and I'm thinking, like, I don't know what this person's life is like at a concert. Yeah. So we got we got to where we were going to stand, and I actually, like, got down to his eye level. I was like... I would hate concerts if I was short. <laughs> like, no wonder I love live music. I can yeah, see everything, everything yeah. everywhere. Yeah, Everywhere's yeah. a good seat for me. I don't give a right. fuck where yeah. I stand. 
But if I had to look at everybody's sweaty ass shoulder blades or like yeah. sticking out upper ass crack, I don't know that I would love it. As looking much. at the TV like, the whole time, you're like, yeah, yeah I didn't come here to watch this. When TV. we're at a show, you don't have to worry about where we're standing. No. But like when I'm at a show with Marnie, I do have to be mm-hmm. strategic. Like, oh fuck, you can't see anything here, can you? Actually, we were at Baz last Sunday for wrestling. We were a little further back, and I was also just trying to stay away from people because of what's going on right mm-hmm. now or at least not being like in the thick of things so we're a little further back and it occurred to me that she couldn't see anything but we were right by a table so I was like just stand right here and you know <laughs> yeah, exactly. it, it makes her barely taller than me <laughs> she was just standing next to me and I kind of had my arm around her waist but she was like standing up she's like I can see everything I'm like yeah that's usually my life actually <laughs> so we got we got we got tickets to the show last night from a friend who's in production mm-hmm. and uh all of our tickets were together and I didn't realize there was like six people that I knew that were all in like the same row together and uh, one of them he was the lead singer in a band called the New Congress fantastic band that existed for too short of a time Uh, did a great track with Talib Quelia oddly enough Um, (laughs) he just has this like amazing fucking R&B voice and he's I I would say like I don't know 5'8"-ish and we walked in and there was it was two young women right behind me. And I was like, listen, this is technically my seat, but I can move a little bit to the right or the left. Where can I stand that I won't be blocking you? Yeah. And, you know, they were, I wish they had been cooler about it, but they were like, I don't know, like maybe in a different row. And then like, <laughs> oh, okay, well. <laughs> right, well so I'm trying you. to angle. <laughs> and I hear Orange laughing. And he's, I was like, what? And he's like, dude, this is like an SNL skit. Like the giant Viking walks in and is like, where do I go to not block you? I'm like, but bro, wouldn't you be happy if somebody said that to you and you were standing at a show? And he's like, well, yeah. I'm like, so fucking, I try to be nice. I know that I can't like not block everyone, but I at least try to be like, okay, if I stand here, you move a little bit this way, you move a little bit this way, and then you're good. Like, yeah. I'm just trying to, I want everybody to have a good time. Yeah. They, they, Come hate, on, man. I hate when you're trying to do a good deed and someone's an asshole, People man. It's dicks. All I hear is my grandmother, no good deed goes unpunished. Ooh. Like, it's just, for real. It's just, oh. See, that's that when sucks. you can be jealous of my size because I'm big enough to see everything, but not. So big that people are like, get the fuck <laughs> everyone, out of my way. Everyone behind you is like, fuck that guy. <laughs> I'm the perfect concert size. <laughs> also, real quick, let me give you this one. A little yeah. smoosh for you and your dad. Yeah. My favorite all-time Paisley Park moment. Yeah. Uh, they were doing a live stream, and we went down there. Uh, they were broadcasting it on Yahoo for some reason. And uh, Prince was like, I'm going to introduce one of my good friends. And Kendrick Lamar came out. Kendrick Lamar freestyled over an unreleased Prince B-side. Oh, they man. They smashed it. He yeah. played, Kendrick ran off. Uh, they played like four or five more songs, and then that was it. My boy used to be Prince's DJ, and he vanished. Yeah. So I'm just like hanging solo. It's late night. <laughs> like, there's, no, there's no bar or party there. Like yeah. At this point, Prince was sober. So I'm just like, all right, people are leaving. I'm like, I, I got to try and find my guy, I guess. Yeah. So I'm just kind of cruising around the public areas of of Paisley Park, cognizant to not walk anywhere I shouldn't be, so I get my ass thrown out. <laughs> and I come around a corner, and I literally ran into Kendrick Lamar. Oh. And uh, 
Speaking of short people, Kendrick oh, Lamar, he he's legit 5'5". Five five. Yeah, I hear you. So us just running into each other looked like I was trying to fucking rob Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> like my whole body swallowed him up. Uh, yeah. And then I put my hands on his shoulders and I was like, I am so sorry, not realizing who it was. <laughs> then he looked up at me. I was like, oh shit. And then I looked up at the six foot seven, yeah. 350 pound and security right. guard. Get your hands up. Coming right <laughs> over to me. And I was like, I am so sorry. I came around the corner blind. <laughs> yeah. Like my boy is Princess DJ. We're yeah. just trying to get out of here. Yeah. And it was like, oh, all right. And like everybody gave like yeah. a, a really uneasy, like high five hug yeah. real quick. Like, I yeah. think he's cool. I think we're all right. Let's all just walk away and act like this didn't I'm happen. Still looking at you yeah. funny. Yeah. But I love the fact that Kendrick apparently flew to Paisley to work on a song with Prince. Heard they were doing that tonight. It was like, I'm going to cancel my flight. I'll go out tomorrow. I just yeah. want to jump up and do something. Yeah. And Prince gave one of the greatest rappers of our generation. <laughs> One verse on one song. <laughs> and the most French fashion possible. <laughs> like, I'm going to give you you're a really good verse. But you're not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you a verse on a B-side. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Did, uh, did Prince stand next to him in his heels so he could be taller than him? So Prince was That's rocking. That's why he let him on stage. Yeah. He's, like, he's like, look at this. Look at this. Prince, this little guy. Prince was in, in like Spice oh. Girls platinum heels. Like, oh, yeah. Like so he's stripper. taller than Kendrick. Of course. Yeah. So yeah, was Prince, he standing behind him flexing? And, and, well, and yeah. then he had, at that time, he had his afro. So Prince, if you didn't touch anything and you didn't look at the heels, mm-hmm. Prince was probably like 5'10", 5'11", but there was a, a four to five inch fudge on either side, <laughs> on the top and the bottom, just to like grow him. So he actually looked like huge next to Kendrick, yeah. but Kendrick was just in like fucking Jordan 1s and yeah. a backwards hat and just yeah, killed yeah. it. he's chilling. There's a if I can find it, I have a clip of it. Yeah. I'll send it to you, man. Please, dude, it's fucking be amazing, man. The electricity that he brings because he <laughs> runs on stage for his verse, yeah. And the electricity that he brings, like the whole place just God. goes nuts, man. No, he's he's as a hip hop head. That is one of the few people in today's generation where I was just like, I gotta listen to this dude. He, he I love people that spread a message, man. And Kendrick is, you know, hip hop started off as you know spreading spreading the news of the streets. And uh, I think Kendrick definitely has taken that mantle, especially for the West Coast. Eight, you know, your stereotypical West Coast rapper, and made it made the bar even higher. So, I apparently he's supposed to be dropping an album in the next year. It's been like what two, three years. Really? Like he's he's been he's been waiting a while, but looking forward to it. <clears throat> God, see fucking Prince and Dude. Kendrick at Paisley Park. It was wild, man. We're on question four. How, what's our, where are we at on time right now? Yeah, we're not bad. We're an hour and 20. Uh, well, I, I got to beat my mentor's record, JD. I, I saw it was like two hours and 38 minutes. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not worried about it. Uh, all right, so... Uh, shots? Oh, yeah. Shots. Here we go. Boom. Shots. Make his Mac. Ah, that's delicious. Yeah. mm uh, now I need this concert to happen, though. <laughs> now you're thinking about it? <laughs> I was thinking about playing Mega Millions tonight. If I hit it, let's do the show. Let's, let's do all three. All three of yeah, our shows in one. We got a grand of any. I think actually mine would. Three-day festival. Oh, yep. Be dope. I think mine would actually probably be at, like, the Armory oh, or, yeah. like, the Ice House. I'm a small venue guy. I love small venues. Ice House man. is so dope. Ice I love Ice House. Oh, my God. Ice House sounds good. Yeah. Ice House is a great spot. I love Palace Theater. I mm-hmm. fucking love Palace Theater in St. Paul, Minnesota. That venue is incredible. If it was something more low-key, I, I mean, I'd love to see Opeth there. Mm. Opeth yep. is, like, yeah. I, 
fuck, I'd like to see any of those bands there, but I, I stick to my guns, that outdoor venue situation. Yeah. It'd be amazing. Yep, they'd be on point. I think the only concert I've seen outdoors is Flog and Molly on St. Patrick's Day, which was fantastic. Was like at all? Been, yeah, like outdoors. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that's the only oh, outdoor show I've ever shit. been to. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if I've seen a show at Surly. No, I wasn't there for that one. Someone saw me, but yeah, I think that was the only one, Flog and Molly. Which, Fucking A. Yeah. Still, I mean, great show. Yeah. Oh, there's the most sweet mosh pit I've ever been in my life. Like, it's just like someone knocks you up and like, oh my god, are you okay? Everybody stops, picks you up, and like, all right, let's get back on it. Oh, man, I love that. Even though it was in Arizona, it felt very Minnesotan. <laughs> <laughs> That's just half of Arizona's Minnesotan expats, anyway. Know, right? Uh, are you are you a, a sports ball person? Are you a baseball, yes. basketball, uh, football, MMA? I, I do follow hockey and uh, baseball and stuff, but not as much. If it's anything past like fifty games. I'll see you in playoff yeah. season. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, football, college football, MMA, boxing, love all that stuff. All right, so I'm going to throw it out to you. You're at a live event. It's yeah. at a stadium. What's the go-to food? Everybody's got something that, that like that's their jam. Oh, man. You know what? And you could take it to any city that you've been to a, a sporting event in. If somebody has something special, yeah. like whatever you want to do. If, if I'm at a, any other, like if I'm at a random sporting event, I definitely want like a brat or a dog. Mm. If I'm in Philly, I want a cheesesteak. I want a I want a cheesesteak from Joe's. And if we're gonna get into that topic, if you go to Philadelphia, Joe's is my spot. Pat's, is, Pat's and Joe, Gino's they, are like do Joe's in uh, stadiums. Are they? No, I don't think so. Uh, I, I think they definitely have like a Pat's and Gino's in the stadiums. Which, oh yeah, sure. I was gonna say, are there good cheesesteaks? They're good. In they're stadium? good. Those are your commercial okay. ones. But you want like mm-hmm. the you want the low dirty one. Joe's. So is is Joe's Wiz or is it provolone? Either every all should be whiz. They give you the option of provolone, but you need whiz. I'm, I'm a true whiz. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a provolone guy. Oh, I'm a whiz oh, kid, man. Oh no! Guy. I every time I go to like somewhere that like either here or wherever I go, if I'm, I'm having a cheesesteak out of state and they don't put whiz on it, I get very upset on the inside. It's it's almost like the ketchup thing for Pittsburgh. Now I'm starting to get it a little bit more. I'm actually having a moment. <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, is there is do you have a go to beverage that goes with that? Is there any other Beer. side thing that you get? Beer. Like just, uh, wait, wait, it's just whenever I'm at a sporting like a, event, a lager. Or? Uh, actually, I go IPA. I spend the extra okay. fourteen dollars for the IPA. Yeah, for <laughs> real. The stadium. Okay, yeah. Joe's is in the stadium. The sandwich is twenty nine dollars. Exactly. The IPA is fourteen dollars. Yeah, probably a force gratuity. <laughs> so you're walking out of there. You're gonna have a sandwich and a beer for seventy dollars. Dude, I go to a fucking wild game. It's like let me get a Goose Island, which isn't even right. local. And it's like that's twelve dollars. I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> I uh, working working Come for on. working for a brewery that has beer in stadiums. I walked into the bar last night. I looked at the pricing and I go, huh? and I walked walked right back out like Grandpa Simpson. Yep. Took a breath and then came back in like, okay, yep, we can do this. But holy shit, yeah, it's that's insane. No, astronomical. I usually, yeah, I kind of treat sporting events like anything else. Like if I'm going to be paying fourteen dollars for a, a beverage, I want the strongest thing you have to make it worth bang for my buck. I'm with you on right that. now. No, that, can, <laughs> just, that can be the case. Yeah, it's just like if I'm going to get wasted for. Eighty dollars. I'm gonna make sure I get the strongest. <laughs> so, what about actual available menu items at stadiums you've been to? What is your like? Do you order food, or you do you don't eat when you go to? I very rarely do. Right. I, I I actually really enjoy just getting shit faced and just watching the sporting yeah. event. Mm-hmm. But if it, if it go gets to it, the buzz. yeah, yeah. If anything, like I'll go to like the you know the random one that just has like a Pepsi sign that just sells hot dogs as well. Like I just want mm-hmm. a dog for my hot beer. dog or a giant pretzel or something. Yeah, yeah, just something. <laughs> nothing I get too that. crazy, but mm-hmm. 
No, but yeah, I just I feel like you go to a sporting event to get wasted and just chew I'm, on your tongue. I'm with you on that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good time. Charles, what's what's uh, what, what about you? Uh, I had an easy answer to this when I knew you were asking it. Go on. Immediately occurred to me. So I've had season tickets for Patmos Design, my creative studio for the Twins in the past, where we like take clients, friends to games. Uh, Target Field has some good food options. Definitely. And the best of all those food options, we we can't argue about this because there is no argument. That motherfucking Murray's smoked beef sandwich Dude, is I love it. absolutely fucking mm-hmm. incredible. If that sandwich is available for lunch at Murray's, I would probably go get that sometimes. I agree. And what's funny is like they make this really beautiful, medium rare, like totally pink in the middle beef, like this pit beef sandwich essentially, and it's just that in the bun. And then no one knows. I don't know if they advertise it now because I haven't been to a game in two years because I haven't been this season. And obviously last year no one could go. But you got to get the little packet of like the shitty horseradish sauce. Mm-hmm. It's fucking perfect. <laughs> it's amazing. Just all over the that buttered bun, the griddled bun. Oh, dude. And then right on that sandwich. And it's like that sandwich is not enough to, to keep you like to make you full or keep you full. It's And it's like 14 bucks. Yeah. But when you look at what they charge at Target Field for all the food items – I'd rather have that than the eleven dollar hot right. dog. Yeah, right. Fair like enough. a lot of work went into that sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I, I haven't. Been, I've only I been love to one game, so like I oh, garlic that powder, get that okay. okay, garlic powder and MSG in the butter that goes on the inside of the bun. That shit pops. Dude, it is yeah, so get the good. Out of here. And then you get that horseradish sauce on there. Oh, so then you got man. some creaminess. Yeah, you got some just heat. a little packet, right? Just like squeeze that on there. And like the beef is perfect. It's Ooh. not very smoky because it, you know, it, it doesn't absorb whatever it is that they use, whatever cup that they use. And also uh, we live in Minnesota. Right. But like you get a little bit of smoke, but it's basically like a really good roast beef sandwich mm-hmm. because it's medium rare. It's like yeah. that perfect, like nice. still red and the juices are all flowing. Mm. It is fucking fantastic. I, I can't not get that. That's the only thing. That's the only thing I eat when I go to Target Field. I'm literally about to go to like buy Twins tickets just to eat this. Dude, <laughs> I, hey, times where like I the I've twin. done that. I have actually done that. I because uh, hey, every yeah. every year we have to I have to get because you know we have beer in the stadium so I got to go right. cruise around make sure I, everything's right. pouring well whatever. Yeah. So I buy my little standing room only tickets. Season opener is all reps, <laughs> dude. It's all reps. All reps. If you ever want to get in. Everybody, close circuit. If you ever want yeah. to get in with your favorite brewery, go to go your on. baseball, only baseball. Yeah. Go to opening day for your favorite yes. baseball team's yes. spot and just hang Everyone's out. checking their shit or scouting because they're trying to get in. Look like for when it. I was working with Insight. I go drink Trollways. Yep. You know, look at you need the photo for social. Yep. Just hey, wait till you see a bunch of wait till you see a bunch of chubby white guys with beards taking uh, a selfie. Right. That's the beer crowd. Mm-hmm. Get go holler at them. Look at their sleeve tattoos. If there's a hop. Somewhere on there, oh yeah, you know that's good. Also, holler at them and just be like, "I love your beer," yeah. and they probably won't even ask. They'll be like, "Oh my god, can I buy you one?" Boom, there you go. Yeah, from here, <laughs> insider track. If you're sitting next to a guy who drinks eight of the worst beer at Target Field, <laughs> that guy works for the brewery. for sure. Works for the brewery. This is an insider tip. Someone we're had to say it. We're giving you, we're giving you the insider's track. Yeah, drinking with Bud Light, Budweiser. That guy is drinking a lot of that. Fucking, I'm not calling it out, but like that guy, is, <laughs> man, that guy really, really likes that. <laughs> Blonde. Yeah, I I, I talk <laughs> some fucking <swag>. whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so so question. Uh, can we can we Frankenstein this from two different places, or is it all have to be from? Because I am a two. That's your question. Well, I, yeah, I know, but you have the rules. 
<laughs> where we're I going. wish I like knew more venues and sporting no events, rules. so like I could pick a. So, I mean, we already got Tyler answering that he's going to bring a cheesesteak from that's somewhere fair. else. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so, so I picked a specific item. He said he's bringing. He's like, I'm bringing a sandwich in with me. I'm going to yeah. smuggle it in. Yeah. So you can say whatever you want. I wish Make it your own. Here's the deal. <laughs> I wish I could take the kraut from the bacon kraut from Kramarchex. Lord have mercy. And I what wish I wish okay, I could hacking. I would, right. That's what I say. This is what I, you can do it. The the thing the the item that I love the most okay. is a U singers brat from Miller Park in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, with stadium mm. sauce, which is a proprietary uh, mustard and barbecue sauce blend Ooh. that is literally on little taps. They don't even put bottles out because people will steal it. So you could only get it at the stadium. Stadium sauce sounds like some government subsidized right? shit. But the shit is American strong. cheese. Give them the stadium sauce. So if I could throw some, if I could throw some bacon kraut on that shit, oh. I would do that in a heartbeat yeah. because that is the best. That that is my favorite item that I've ever had at a game. Oh, you talking about the the Kermarchek's? Um, the, the bacon kraut that they do on the giant okay. like flat top, dude. You know yep. what it is? It's like little riblets. Yeah, dude. yeah. Like the meat in yeah. it's like little riblets, super little fatty chunks of pork that just cook in with like a very with, tiny. And riblets. they just the kraut just sits on that flat top the whole game. It's so what I do. So the the real hack is I said, dude, when I because I was a butcher at Kermartrix in college, I used to just eat. I would just eat like a little yeah. bowl of that. I was like, like lunchtime, I would just yeah. get a bowl of that little kraut with the yeah. bits of meat in it. Oh, Come on. I'm so, so happy there are it's neighbors. It's like East European. Uh, Dude, right? Yeah. Easier, <laughs> it's like East European collard greens. Yes. You know? Yes. That's yes. That's it. That's it. <laughs> call it collard whites. <laughs> Dude, yes. It is. Boy, I feel like that's a different uh, connotation that comes up. Never mind. Never mind. Stadium Scrap that. and collard whites. Oh, oh shit. Uh, <laughs> so the move, the move is, if you want that good kraut, right? Yeah. Okay. The move is, when you get there, find your seats, figure out what you want to do, bounce around real quick. Get yourself a beer, and then I love, I am a sucker, going back to the whiz thing, yeah. I am a sucker for just stadium cheese nachos. Mm. Like, my wife taught me the floppy chip technique, where you put a couple in there and just let them marinate, yeah. and then you eat some nachos, and then you get the one where it's so soaked in cheese just, that the half of the chip <laughs> yeah. just flops down. You gotta pick it up real quick. You yeah. get it into your mouth, <laughs> and, smash, <laughs> and you just smash. And so rock that, that for like... Yep. Like the collapsing roof. Yep. <laughs> so either for like, if it's a football game for the first quarter, if it's a baseball game, like second, third inning, rock that, probably get up, get another beer, yeah. and then like sixth, seventh inning, all that pork's been sitting on all that sauerkraut. Ooh. It's been just chilling on this flat top the whole time. That's when you roll up and you get it. Now all that cabbage, it's not okay. it's not this stark white time. anymore. No, no, it's right. now this shit. It's like beige. Yeah, it's and you caramelized. Got, yeah, yeah. no, nope, that's the kraut with all the fat and all the it, when, it, when it cooks out. Oh, and kraut cooks down and it yeah. Turns, it looks like caramelized onions. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Pretty much, yeah. it looks Mama like caramelized mia. onions with lardons. That's what you're getting on top of a sausage, and that is the shit. That's everything. And I am I have dragged Cheetoed. people. To do this because they're like, bullshit. I'd, I'd put that on the Murray's. Right? <laughs> I'd put that right Ooh. on there. All right. We might have to go to a uh, game. Uh, we, might, we might be hacking this I think, right now. Just, I think we just solved all the world's problems. I think we just did right there. Answer. You're welcome, Afghanistan. Yeah, <laughs> just drop a fucking couple pounds of that shit. Everybody be living in peace. <laughs> Oh, man. I, don't so, think, I don't think I can laugh at that. <laughs> I, I feel like I have to laugh, or I'm just gonna fucking start crying. Like I, I don't know. I yeah. that is that whole thing is something that just gives me 
complete anxiety because that's so indicative of like who we are yeah. as a country. I, I try. I know. I, yeah. comedy, comedy, like you said, comedy is a great like it's elixir to everything. I make jokes right. in dark moments mm-hmm. just to for make sure. it better. Right. It's just, yeah. It just is what it is. Just want a sidebar. We love the people of Afghanistan. Yes. Yeah, we do. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. No, for sure. This isn't, <laughs> this isn't from a place of black. No, it's, it's not political commentary. This is no, from it. somebody who got yelled at at his own grandmother's funeral because I made a couple jokes because that's how I respond on the to trauma. <laughs> I figure out the darkest thing and then I find a way to laugh at it. Oh, and absolutely. It makes it a little bit less scary. Yeah. Yep. Just the sidebar that like it means obviously like it is weighs heavy on all our minds. Tyler, I'm sure you think about it all the yeah, fucking time. You were over there. I'm I'm Middle Eastern. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely like a it's it's a cultural thing, like especially like Middle Eastern, because it's 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 not just like Afghanistan, Iraq. Like this has been the history of the Middle East, like getting fucked with from foreign empires. Yeah. yeah. As a Lebanese man, there's been yeah. like a multitude of occupations in yeah. Lebanon as well. They haven't all been quite as violent because Lebanon's tiny, and they're just like, I don't know. I guess you live here now. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot which one we even did last. <laughs> but, we did Makers um, Break last time, so we did Makers Break again. Yeah, break. man. So. The, the Iraqis and Afghanis, and, and and I just referenced those because of the people I met. I took mm-hmm. a lot from them. I've learned a lot about myself from them because those were people, especially in Afghanistan. Like I had twenty four, we had twenty four hour guard duties, and we had a blimp that just saw miles outside of our base. Mm. And these people would stay in mud huts, pretty much what we call them, mud huts, just literally made out of dried fucking mud. Yeah. And every now and then we go out into the town and pull security. And, like, they'd feed us. They just wanted to feed us. They were happy. They were smiling. And even at, like, a young 19, 20, 21 years old, three times I've been there, it was just kind of like, these people have nothing. They want to give us their nothing. And they're the happiest people in the world. Meanwhile, I come back to the States, and it's like, I have to wake up at 8 a.m. for my job. Fuck my life. And it's just like... It, it, there's such an appreciation for life uh, from people who have nothing, and I Absolutely. feel like people need to learn that lesson because it's a lot of the broader world has yeah. that. Yeah, Vietnam, of, Japan. Yep. It, it, it's, it's, it's like that in Lebanon too. Like my my family who live in the mountains in Tula Batroun, like yeah. they they grow their own crops for you know the food that they eat, and they have one local butcher shop where they get their meat. There's you know their grocery stores and stuff. Yeah. They got to go down to the city to get stuff, but they don't. They're not of great material wealth, yeah. but dude, you show up like I show up, and you know, oh, big American cousin <laughs> nephew guy, right? Yeah. I feel like they're treating me really well because I'm this like foreigner American. But no, that's just that is actually just their sense of hospitality. Yeah, they're like, hey, come over for lunch on Tuesday. Yeah, like everyone calls calls into work they take a day off and they're like they grill an insane <laughs> feast for you where they're like eat more eat more of that like yeah. Yeah, come on I made that just for you and I'm yeah. like dude there's 30 dishes yeah. there's 30 dishes <laughs> yeah. like yeah that's that that sense of hospitality yeah. is uh, prevalent in most of the world we have some of it here we do but you don't just go to like your no. you don't go to your friend's house on a Tuesday for lunch and they go nuts not, just, not compared to like countries like that like nope. I, what I right. love if I could preach anything on this podcast and since we're talking about these like you know these areas is just anybody out there who's having a bad day I promise you it's alright like mm-hmm. your worst day in other countries is somebody's best day ever. Like, yes, and that's sir. something what I live with every single day. No, I don't get down anymore because it's just like 
okay, what could possibly go wrong after all this shit that I've seen? Like, I have food. I have a house. Yep. There's no bombs dropping on me today. I don't worry about a drone circling my, my town, my village Dude. all day. Like, yes, sir. You're like, you, at your worst day is fine. It is fine. We've been very spoiled, very, very spoiled in this country. And I, I encourage everybody to travel. At travel, you have to travel and see the world. because We talk about that on this mm-hmm. podcast an yeah. awful lot. Yeah. Just get away for more than a week somewhere out of this country, yeah. especially young people in your formative yep. years. Get yep. the fuck out of here yeah. for at least one week. Try to do a month. Yeah. Maybe do a season yeah. and possibly do like a year. Yeah. But just get the fuck out of here. You're never going to... I think for a lot of people in the U.S., you never develop an affinity for people in other countries because it's them, not us. Until you're in the thick of things. You're hanging out with them. You're sitting at a bar and they're pouring you a drink and they're talking to you about what's happening locally. Like when I was in Puerto Rico, even though it's like basically the 51st state, the bartender is at Casa de Monte Cristo talking to us about like the battle that is being waged with the electrical companies and why we saw all this like spray painting these tags on the local buildings about like fuck uh, I forget the guy's name but like this dude who's like a CEO of an mm-hmm. electrical company and Marnie inquired and we had like a fucking hour long conversation <clears throat> about yeah. what's happening with their infrastructure in terms of electric which I fully understand because my family's in Lebanon I got a place over there they have electrical issues but then like you, you're like yo everybody's everybody's waging a, a, a multitude of battles yeah. and is trying to just live their lives and what you said Tyler is incredibly salient we sometimes if the more charmed of a life you have the yeah. smaller indiscretion will like absolutely fucking topple you yeah and one of my favorite things to say to people if like a very tiny thing has like hurt their sensibilities is if this is the worst thing to happen to you today you have a pretty good fucking life yep. yeah yeah that's i like i think that there's there's a little bit of the um just the isolation geographically that's yeah. a part of it but i also think from my travels that the toughest part of what we have to overcome is that we've baked prosperity into what we consider good morals. Mm, So in order to be a good person, you also Mm -hmm. have to be successful. Mm -hmm. And the Mm -hmm. only way that we rate success is on financial gains. It's not that you've lived a good life. It's not that you've created a beautiful family. It's all baked into that. And Mm -hmm. I've talked about this song on the podcast before, but there's, you know, those, those lyrics in a song would just fucking shake you to your core. Yeah. So I had spent a year living in Norway and I had been learning about like what social democracy is and creating, still using the ability of capitalism to give people upward mobility. So it's not like a caste system, but also making sure that everybody's taken care of. And, uh, I would like sort of DJ while I was bartending, just like not DJing, but just playing music so I could kind of curate what was going on. And there's this song, uh, from a British group called James. And the last line going into the last chorus is, if I hadn't seen such riches, I could live with being poor. And at the time when I didn't have anything, like I came home with literally less than a dollar to my name. That was like, yeah, fuck that. And now I have to say that to myself on a regular basis that like I got to check my fucking privilege because it seeps into your brain the way that it's cooked into everything that we do in the U.S. Yeah. 
it seeps into your brain that somehow because you've attained a certain level, now anything below that level is substandard, is is bad, right? It's shitty. Is, you, is yours, yours is the new yeah. acceptable? Correct. Yeah. And, and all we do is raise each other's bars. And if you if you don't raise your own bar, you go on social media and you see somebody else who set a higher bar. And now that's the thing yeah. that would give you like the happiness or the good life. Yeah. And all of that shit is fucking empty. Yeah. And never forget, you can drop right back down. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Bark and, oh, the yep. bark and hit the fucking floor. And that yep. doesn't make you a worse person. Nope. But but no, no, we've allowed we've allowed that to be the thought. Yeah. And I think that that's that's the most frightening. Like. When my wife and I were in Morocco, like talking to people out in the mountains, in the Atlas Mountains, mm. and seeing the conditions they lived in, who again were like to the point of almost like begging us to come into the house, like, hey, you're here, come have some food, come sit down with us. And our guide is like, we still have like 17 miles to go, <laughs> yeah. so like we can't stop. But the fact that these people who had a family of seven and lived in two rooms yeah. were still like they had a stream that went under their house and that was bathroom and where they washed their dishes. Yeah. They were still being like, no, you can't come by and like not come in and have some food with us. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. so, it's you know, very like North African, yeah. Middle yep. Eastern, like in, in Lebanon, when you're going down a just any road, people like wave at you and they yell, how will, it means stop in come over <laughs> and what's interesting is sometimes it seems like a formality but people fucking mean it people mean it if you're like okay and you park the car and you come in they offer you coffee cigarettes candy fruit uh alcohol yep. like there's there's a list of like seven things that everyone <laughs> offers you it's an unofficial list but yeah. like they'll they just bring out the spread they make you coffee you're like Dude, I'm over caffeinated right now. I think I'm gonna have a heart attack. They're like, I don't give a fuck. I already put the I put the pot on. It's coming out, and they will pour yeah. you a cup, and you don't have to drink it, but it's gonna nope. be right in front of you. Meanwhile, I live in a <laughs> suburb yeah. with a very diverse population, and most of my neighbors, if I knocked on their door, would answer me through their actual door before you yeah, even be opening. Like, what do you oh, want? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah, dude. You know what I miss about pre-cell phone was your and and no one misses this except me apparently. I miss when I had my first townhouse when I was a teenager with my friends Frank and Brandon. Just your homies just coming over and walking in the house, yep. just popping in, yep. just yeah. being like, just Man. sitting down on the couch <laughs> and being like, "What's up? What's on TV?" Like Ooh. just coming over. I agree. We, with don't, you. we don't have that anymore. Oh, I dude. I really love that, and I love that about when I'm in Lebanon, when I'm at like my any of my aunt's houses. And it's a pretty much their houses are open, so it's very much an open door proposition because the doors are fucking open. Occasionally, some like random old lady that I've never met before will just like walk into my aunt Jacqueline's house and like sit down on the couch and light a cigarette, and I'm like, amazing, ah la, like I'm the only one in the living room, and I'm like, <laughs> I just start a conversation, and they're like, ah, oh, I'm exhausted, I've been sweeping, and then my aunt comes in the room and sees her. And goes turns back into the kitchen. I'm like, oh, is she mad? No, she comes out with a big basket of a big fucking plate of fresh fruit <laughs> that's washed and like with a knife on it. And then like you can hear the the requis boiling. Uh, she's making coffee. Yep. She brings out some butlewe. Like that's just that's it. You know, it doesn't matter. Like I, this lady hasn't walked into my house for a year. I don't care. Like, what's up? And then she sits down. And she's like, "How are you? What have you oh, been man. up to?" And she complains about sweeping again. But it's yeah. just like <laughs> that's it. Like you're just like this is my neighbor. This is a, a member of my community. Let's let's be communal. Thinking back to uh, to that like college age, right? Yeah. Like where 
we didn't have shit to our names. We yeah. didn't have any way of getting by. I, I, I'm so thankful that I'm still friends with her. But uh, there's a woman named Mafalda Ferrioli. And she was an Italian student. She was studying architecture at the same time that I was living in Norway studying politics. And she literally was like, wait, what do you mean you haven't cooked food yet? And I was like, well, we got like a shared kitchen with like a single stove and I don't have anything. And so every Friday she was like, no, you have to come over to my apartment and I'm just going to cook you dinner. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? All right. And at the time I'm like, all right, so this incredibly smart, funny and beautiful Italian woman is going to cook me food every week. Amazing. And I was also so immature and so selfish at the time that I just thought it was wonderful. And I would like try and bring wine, you know, or like whatever I could. Mm -hmm. But looking back on that, like she's like two years older than me. She was also in college making nothing, living in an insanely like expensive country. And she just saw somebody that didn't know how to fend for himself yet because I hadn't figured out how to actually like really cook on my own. And she was like, well, I have to fix that. It's an empath, you know? She's like, Mm -hmm. I want to, I have a thing that I can do that I want someone else to have as well. That's, yeah, yeah, that's fucking beautiful. I love you, Mafalda. I miss you. (laughs) She the best. It's definitely, it's, it's, I think it's, like you think, like you said, I think it's kind of just warped in our brains of like how great this country is and how, I don't know, I don't know what it is. I I don't know if it's a psychological thing, but America seems to think that they have it all figured out. Mm And living in Vietnam, where you see extreme wealth of like it's it's the San Francisco of Southeast Asia right sure. now. It is the fastest growing city in Southeast Asia. Vietnam is going to be the spot. So you see these businessmen driving around Ferraris, and you also have people shitting in the street. But like it, it, it's, uh, it's it's just like this. It, this economic disparity is prevalent in it's many countries huge. like that's how it is in lebanon too yeah, yeah you know there's fucking maseratis and there's people who make a uh, hundred dollars a month yeah it's it's it, you know it, it i feel like america thinks they have all the the answers but even in vietnam with that that income disparity there's a sense of country there's a sense of us there's a sense of we are vietnamese these we are us America doesn't have that shit, man. There, nobody trusts nobody here. Mm-hmm. Nobody trusts nobody here. And Isn't that the irony, though? <laughs> like, like, the United those... States is built on division. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. You know, not to get like very seriously political, but why is it that the people who claim to be most p- patriotic are the least unifying? Of course, like, yeah. You know, like, yeah. it, 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 like it has to be said that well, yeah. those are people who are m- most divisive and want to just like protect their own. Yeah. The more insular you are, the more likely you are to say that. It's just the truth. Yeah. Because for me, I mean, I want us all like, <laughs> I I am extra careful, even though I'm vaccinated, because I don't want anyone else to die. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. chose not to get vaccinated, which by the way, if you're listening, and you're not vaccinated. What the fuck is wrong with you? Get yeah. vaccinated. Just get vaccinated. It. I don't care. I'm I'm done being yeah. around the bush. But for me, I am vaccinated, but I don't want. I don't want you to die. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that patriotic? Yeah. I, I still, I don't want you to fucking die because you made this poor decision. Yeah. So I am doing everything in my will to protect you. Even if you're not doing everything in your will to protect my disabled brother, my best friend who has been going through health problems and is immunocompromised. Like, isn't that weird? But I, yeah. I so I agree with that sentiment. Yeah. In other countries, it's still, you know, like in Lebanon, people who don't vote for the same party, they're still like, well, we're Lebanese. Yeah. We are, we are both Lebanese. Yeah. Even if I'm voting for the party that you don't care for, we're Lebanese. And it's, isn't it all supposed to be for the greater good? Aren't we all trying to yeah. 
It's, and it really should be for the. It's it's it can be so insular with America Americans as well that the greater good is the human race. It's not Americans. Correct. No, it's, correct. It's not every, all. Yeah, exactly. It right it's every, not. It's everything. Color. It's not beliefs. It's not none of that shit. We are humans. We are born in the same country. We're very fortunate to be born in this country, by the way. You know, and a, congrats a to you, whoever's listening on your crapshoot. Yeah, yeah. But like, all that means is we got we we happen to live in the right neighborhood. Yeah, that doesn't make me any better no. or any like we're all the same yeah. fucking people. Yeah, yeah we didn't yeah. pick. Uh, yeah, I just, know, yeah, we didn't pick where we started. We can we have limited control of where it's, we end it's, up. It's yeah. almost like if a country is started on the basis of genocide and controlling one person uh, a group of people because of their skin yeah. color and also making sure that only one gender has power isn't a, a solid foundation to build some stuff on you tragically know? isn't that like every organized society well, on yeah, unfortunately I, some have maybe moved past it a little bit but in the in the short time that we've been around i feel like it has been hyper concentrated yeah like from start from start to where we are now in 500 years, that is an s- amazing amount. Well, <laughs> here's, here's a troubling of horrific thing. things. The troubling thing is human intelligence has not changed. No, no. In thousands of years, correct. Physically, we have changed. Mentally, we have not changed. So, if you see like old books and stuff, and you're like, "Those guys were dumb. We're smarter than no, no, we have, no. we're not. Oh no, we're no. still primitive. We're not no. So, like, there is a part no. of me that uh, is learning to just kind of accept who we are. And also, I don't want to go down with the ship, yep. but yeah. we might yeah. be going down with the ship. Yeah. I, I'm not terribly inspired that we're going to do anything about climate change when the easiest thing you could possibly do right now is take a fucking needle in your arm two times put to preserve the future yeah. of our species. Yeah. Nope. And a lot of people can't do this. Not worth it. Anyways, let's take a shot. Maybe we just needed a bowl Let's talk about cats. <laughs> Scare people a little bit more. <laughs> Start bleeding out your eyes. It'll yeah. be a different thing. Oh my God. <laughs> let's talk about cats, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're all cat dads. Mm-hmm. And cats uniquely are unique like all cats have like such unique qualities personalities and stuff which is why you know i was always a cat guy when i was a kid because my mom had been bit by a dog and wouldn't allow us to get a dog so we had cats and i fucking adored them it wasn't a consolation prize i just love cats my cat lucky is uh, i could qualify as my best friend that guy has been with me for a decade now (laughs) and uh they have such like dogs, by and large, of course, dogs have quirks, but they're mostly they have similar habits. Yeah. This is the way they're built. Cats are fucking weirdos. They yeah. all do real weird <laughs> shit. So we're all cat dads. Tyler, what's a if you can think of one, we could buy you some time. What's oh, a like a weird or unique thing that your cat does that you want to share with the world? So we got two. We got we got Carrot and Sapporo. Okay, I didn't know if you had one or two. Yeah. I know about Sapporo because we were talking about it because he was in that weird mat that you have with the holes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we get okay. them all the toys. They hate all of them because they're just fucking cats. Off teenagers. Yeah, the cats, man. Cats. They don't care, but... We have Karen Samporo. We got uh, we got them when they were about seven eight weeks in Vietnam. They're they were from a litter oh, of four. Hell and yeah. They're the only two that survived. So like they're like, do you want one? Or we're like, no no no. They're brother and sister. We're gonna keep them together. Nice. So um, they made the. I came home first, and then Pyle eventually came from Vietnam. She had to finish off our lease. God bless her. She she finished off our lease and flew over with the cats. So they had to do. 
30, 30 hours of flying. And then they, they Holy show, shit. Yeah, and then they show up in Wisconsin. Or no, sorry, Chicago. I picked her up at Chicago here in the winter. So they're like, what the fuck is this? You oh, know? my God. Yeah. But uh, Karen, Are we being sent to our deaths? <laughs> so they are, they are transplants from Vietnam, and now we have some little American kitties. But uh, Carrot is the female, and that mm. is Pyle's cat. She despises me. She hates me. If Pyle's really? gone for if Pyle's gone for like a week or more, I might get one cuddle because she, Does just she hates men. Or just you? Uh, I don't think she hates me. She like crawls up to like you some know, animals like have a proclivity yep, to hate true. a particular uh, it, gender, no, and sometimes true. it's like a hormonal thing, mm-hmm. or the yeah. timbre of a voice, or like yep. Lucky loves women because her hair smells nice. He hates most men. <laughs> Almost every man he hates. Oh man! <laughs> no, she's she, she, she's just very indifferent to me. If mom, it's kind of one of those things. If mom's around, she loves mom way more, and mm-hmm. I'm just kind of that guy. You're just there. Yeah. No, Sapporo, on the other hand, he's the one. She's a little bit more calm, collective. Just does her thing, does her routine, doesn't need any of us. Sapporo screams at me and me only. Never, mm. never meows at. Pile, He's never the more social a, cat. More social cat, uh, way more quirkier, way more stupid. Uh, the fact that he's a male could be coincidence. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that describes all of us in this room as well. <laughs> exactly. No, it usually doesn't matter that dynamic. Like, if people have two cats, usually there's one cat that's, like, aloof, and then one cat who's like, what's up? Like, always in the mix. Like, bet me, play with me, I'm going to jump on you. Derp. So like, Pyle, like we'll both go in the living room. Like I said, I, I think I expressed to you like six thirty in the morning. He just comes in, meow, uh, yeah, meow. We'll slam our door. We have to have door stoppers on either side because he tries to slam the door. He's an asshole. <laughs> yep. The world's worst horror movie. Yep. And then like finally we get up and we go into the living room and she's like, "What's wrong, Sapporo? What's wrong? Nothing." I'm like, "What's up, bud?" Meow, <laughs> meow. I'm like, "What? What the fuck That's did it. I do?" That's awesome. So, I mean, they're I only two years understand. old. Understand? <laughs> yeah. So he's my little emo cat. That's what I call him. I play some every now and then <laughs> to fuck so with him. Weird. I'll play My Chemical Romance and just like get it out, bud. Get it out. Yeah. <laughs> just march into the Black Parade. It's <laughs> it's like, yeah, get the meows out. Yeah, I don't get need the meows out. Tell me what's did I not take you to a, a parade in the city? What's wrong? Let me get you there. But uh, yeah, uh, he's a. Uh, He's definitely got the more personality, but he's, they're only two, so they're still like young cats, still figuring out. They have all the toys. I have another yeah, package of another package of goodies coming for them Sunday, so it's just like they're spoiled beyond belief. See what takes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they're, they're pretty. They're pretty well off for Vietnam, Vietnam cats. The first Christmas that we had, we had a bunch of people over at our Vietnam apartment. And we're like, you know, it's it's Christmas. Let's feed the cats. They fucking had eggs and caviar for breakfast. They're yeah. living a good life. They're living a good fucking life. That's legit. But no, Sapporo is definitely the uh, the little asshole. But he's my, <laughs> he's my buddy. At the end of the day, he cuddles up with me the most. Yeah. He's, he's my buddy. But <laughs> God, he's a prick, man. <laughs> cats. Uh, I got sassy bastard. I got the opposite, man. Harold's Harold's my derp. Uh, <laughs> if if I'm gone for a day or. God forbid, multiple days. Yeah. I open the door and he runs to the door like a like a dog would. Yeah. Like he comes up, tail up in the air, <laughs> meowing at me. Let's hang out. Um, he had an older sister who passed away a few years ago, oh. 
And uh, so Harold is an orange tabbies, 18 pounds. Well, like, actually, he got down to 16 and a half. Get a little bit of Judith was a calico Jim. cat who weighed six and a half pounds and ruined his life. <laughs> like, beat the shit out of him, the yelled boss. at him all the time. And then right before <laughs> Judith passed away, we adopted our dog, Millie. So <clears throat> Judith dies, and then Millie doesn't go after him. But, like, he'll sit in our doorway doing this with his tail. And eventually, Millie's like, that's a toy. I need to go play with it. And she'll run after him. Oh, yeah. So they Dogs just, with those things, it's they like, do not like it. you don't understand no. what's happening. <laughs> no. And they'll just, they'll, they, they have, like, a cool thing now where, like, really this year, like, if Millie's laying across my legs... Harold will come up over by me, but be watching Millie the whole time, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But where we figured it out is I made a little bit of a man cave in the basement where I play Xbox and PlayStation. Yeah. And uh, when Jenny goes to bed, if she's especially if she's got like an early work meeting, she'll be in bed by nine, yeah. and that will never be my bedtime. So I'll go downstairs for a couple hours and hang out. Yeah. And as soon as Harold hits my feet, hit the steps, it's cold, so our dog doesn't like to go down there. Yeah. That's Harold's kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll start going down the steps. The Xboxes. Bef- yeah. Like, and before the, I even get to the bottom zone. of the stairs, the, you'll the hear zone. you'll hear his little pause, and he'll be at the top. And he's like, "Wait, you're not you're not doing laundry, right? Like, you're actually gonna you're gonna hang out." We're chilling. And then, We're getting it. Here's the best part. He'll sit because that's also we have like a, a pantry downstairs for like dry storage. So he knows that sometimes we're down there for food. Yeah. So he'll sit at the very top of the stairs watching. Until I hit like the chase lounge part of our couch, yeah. And the minute the dad's feet are up, he just leaps over and just comes yep. running down, and then he just crashes. Yep. And that's that's, that's the shit. shit. Yeah, that's so, our time. Like yeah. that's it. Cuddling with the cats, like it, it feels like you earn the cuddle. Yes. So it's so, so much more relieving. Like, and it's, just, it's the best. I, I was not. A, I've, I'm allergic to cats. I'm still allergic to cats. Okay. But when Jenny and I met, she had two, and I gave myself a descending uh, Benadryl regiment for like months, and yeah. so I have like a like a standoff. It's not great. I still get clogged up and whatever. Yeah. So he knows eventually, like I'm gonna move him off me, and then I'm gonna go upstairs, yeah. and I'm gonna go to bed. And this is when he's an extra asshole because this is kind of new. We have um, Jenny has a, a mirror that How hangs old? over the back. He's twelve or thirteen. Oh, wow. That's- isn't that funny? Cats never stop changing. No, no. Like throughout their entire lives. I, my last cat that passed away was Mocha. She was twenty four. Yeah, Jesus. To the end, like every year, just new quirks. He learned during COVID so, because we were both home a lot. Yeah. Um, Jenny says Harold. The same. She goes Harold. Uh, he now meows that back. He's like, <laughs> uh, but his new Jesus. thing is he's gone full <laughs> Don Quixote. And he fights mirrors in the middle of the night. This Ooh. is like a new thing. Yeah. So we were laying in bed. This Still is combos, sometime. Yeah, sometime like last year. <laughs> we're just we're laying in bed. It's like we were not laying in bed. We were both sleeping. It's like three in the morning, and all of a sudden we just hear, waka 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 waka. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And Training. That's how we lost that one and a half pounds, dude. What I'm saying, dude. How do you think he shed that one? He's and getting half yoked. Pounds. The front paws are tight. Middle of the night, fucking shadow. So pods. you know, I I turn the lights on, and of course, by the time he sees all the lights come on, he's gone. Yeah. And he's just laying in the bed. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about, Dad. So finally, I got out of bed. Like, me, man. I didn't turn anything on, and then I just clicked on my cell phone flashlight. And this little dickhead. So first, he figured out in our old apartment. 
because we had lever handles <laughs> yeah. that he could open doors. Oh, little bastard. Uh, so, yeah. so he started with doorknobs yeah. where he would try and figure out with his paws how to twist the doorknobs. <laughs> and he couldn't figure that out. But then one of the doorknobs was right next to a mirror and he was like, what the fuck are you looking at? <laughs> and then he just started going. And now he doesn't fuck with the doorknobs at all. Cabos! <laughs> now he's just like, round one, fight! <laughs> and he's just like, Hadouken! Hadouken! Just beating the shit and it's so funny to watch uh, another draw because if we can get this guy one night <laughs> but the best part is if we can catch it on a night where there's either like some lightning or every now and then he'll do oh, it oh that's very Street Fighter oh my god you'll, you'll watch and he's like he literally he's on his back paws with his paws up like ready to yeah. go and then just like and the mirror only hangs from the top so of course it's like a half a centimeter off at the bottom so it's just bouncing little fucking asshole but it's so fucking cute like you can't I can't get mad at him that's the worst part about cats man every time you want to strangle them you're like you're fucking adorable so so legitimately how can I kill something that is this adorable we have we have this is this is how far we've gone with it so Jenny gets when she's getting ready in the morning that's her final like check the whole outfit like top to bottom like bam I'm killing it she has a there's a uh, a box that she needs to return eventually of some shit that we got shipped to us incorrectly that is used to weight the the door that swings over to cover up the mirror and we put that weight there so that Harold can't get to that mirror until Jenny gets ready in the morning then we move the weight open the door oh my she God. gets to check herself out and then back locked up isn't it crazy how we bend our lives for the goddamn cats. Like again, I, I, you look at you look at that creature, and I'm like, how could I not do everything in my life yeah. to support and make you happy? Because you're so fucking cute. Like it's ridiculous. He can't meow right. He can't purr correctly. His purring, he goes. Fruh. <laughs> like it's so sad yeah. but I know that when he makes don't make him happy this is weird <laughs> I know that when he makes that sound he's like the happiest and you're like okay bud like sounds good <laughs> oh my god and I'm a huge Lucky fan but I know you got some 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 fun stories oh yeah Lucky's my guy man like, mm-hmm. there's, there's so many different directions I can go with this he so we've been leaving more obviously the last four or five months because we're vaccinated travels more open he always had this thing he's always had this thing where if i leave town when i come back he's either really happy to see me or really mad to see me (laughs) and he still kind of does it where he's either like really aloof like where the fuck have you been (laughs) or he's like oh my god you're back where he's like meowing really high pitch like like doing that (laughs) thing (laughs) So he's still been doing that when we've left town. We come back, he does either the, like, fuck you, I'll talk to you later, or the high-pitched meow, like, I can't believe you're back. That has not changed. He's going to be 10 in a couple weeks. But what is new about this dynamic is we didn't leave at all. We didn't spend an, We had, like, one staycation during pandemic times. So we've basically been with him always. Now he's like a like a, 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 a f- there's been a flip switch where he, in the middle of the night, seems to wake up and realize like it's almost like 
he thinks we're going to be gone and he wakes up and realizes we're there and he headbutts the fuck out of me every oh, night every that's night adorable every yeah. night twice a night he gets up and he just grinds oh, his head into my love. beard <laughs> and i have to keep him away from marnie because there's nothing she likes less than having her hair stepped on by lucky <laughs> so i basically will wake up in the middle of the night twice every night and Loggy will be headbutting me and purring very loudly, like, you're here, you didn't leave. Oh. And I got to, like, when he tries to go over Marnie to do it to her, I got to, like, scoop him over. Like, no, 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 just no, stay no, over no, here. No. You can do it to me. You can keep me up. Just don't wake up Marnie, please. Like, <laughs> but, yeah, now that's a new thing. Like, he wasn't doing that previously. But I think that with us having left, this is, like, a new dynamic for him. The other thing I'll say is that's very unique to him is when he and I – fight because I and I know you and Harold oh, like yeah. to wrestle <laughs> he does uh, Lucky does a tie clinch on my arm yep. like he, nice. he grabs my arm and he never <laughs> yep, he, does a, he does a tie plum for sure and he doesn't uh, retract his claws because oh. we're, he knows we're wrestling yeah. so when we're wrestling he doesn't scratch me sometimes if I'm moving around too fast he will scratch me yeah. comes with the territory he's yeah. got his claws never declaw your cat no. Uh, but, like, the whole Thai plum thing he does, because I'll, like, put my hand on his head, and he'll immediately go over, <laughs> and I'll swing him around, and when friends are over, they're like, oh, my God, that's funny. And then sometimes, like, I'll swing real hard, and then he falls over, and I'm like, oh, no, he's, uh, yeah, he's 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 pulling guard. <laughs> his, his legs go around my elbow. It's like my arm is the thing that he's fighting. He has full guard in his yeah. arm. I'm like, oh, shit, mission control. He's got my thumb. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. There you go. That's that's Harold about ready to fight. This is oh, how it shit. starts. Oh, he goes he goes for the grab first. Yeah, oh, fucking time man. But like I've never had a cat that knew to keep their claws retracted. Yep. And he totally understands it unless like we're really going at it. Or when he gets like very frustrated and he does a you know when a cat like oh, really ducks yeah. her head down and furrows her brow, and I'm like, dude, oh, you need to calm down. Like the high bitch. Oh. Yeah. When I palm, when I palm his face, he immediately goes for the grab. Oh, yep. That's the time. And, then, oh, and then he starts moving his jaws until clinch, he can get a, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I have cats. to say, my favorite thing about having those two is every time I come home from work. I'm sorry for everybody listening, but this is this information this is real. I tell you. I gotta tell you. <laughs> Uh, every time I come home from work or every morning, I take a shit. And they you fight. You poop? Yeah, uh, yeah I, fight, I poop all the time. That's Actually, weird, probably dude. more than normal. I might have That's butt weird. cancer. <laughs> <laughs> but they literally really just like they feel the need. They have to be in the room. They bulge into the bathroom. And then they literally fight each other every single time oh. I take a shit. And I have to admit to everybody, I feel like a Roman, you know, Caesar, yes. just watching these two gladiators thumbs up, thumbs fight down. to the death while I take a shit and either carrot or Sapporo's on top, and I do the thumb thing, like, <laughs> finish it. Finish him. But it's literally my favorite thing. It happens every single day that I'm alive, and I get to, I'm actually really happy. I get to watch my cats fight to the death while I take a shit. That's, I, I... I should give I should give that credit. Like I made it sound like Harold is is my guy, and we do spend a lot of time together. But Harold's one connection to Jenny, and it's only her. Yeah. Uh, it's when my wife pees, 
he will push his way in yeah. and he'll just like figure it around her legs while she pees. <laughs> doesn't do it to me while I pee. Doesn't do it to me while I poop. Doesn't do it to her while there's... I, I've heard that women poop. I'm not going to try and air that out what? for her. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's when... It's, it's, it's when, when she pees, Harold literally will freak out. We could, we could talk about this for a very, very long time because that even occurred to me, the, the thought that... So, I used to live directly across the street from here oh, for okay. seven years. I had a place right across the street, which is nice. I could walk right over to my studio, my office here. Studio. Pamela's Design and Identity Studio One. And uh, there were no doors except for the bathroom door. Yeah. But also, I lived alone, so the bathroom door was rarely actually closed for any fucking reason. Yeah. At our home now, where we live, you know, about four blocks down the mm-hmm. road here. Uh, Lucky gets so fucking mad at me if I'm in the bathroom for more than three minutes. <laughs> like, if it's more than three minutes and the door is closed, he goes berserk. And I'll, like, yell, shut up! Like, yeah, literally taking a shit. And I'm yelling, yeah. dude, stop! Yep. I'll be right out. Leave me alone. Yep. Like, I'm on Slack. Like, I'm <laughs> trying, to, trying to work. And, like, that, then I come out and he's just standing there, like, no yeah. reaction. He, he, needed, he needed nothing. He's just like, "Are you safe?" Yeah, what? I was so worried. I'm, I'm literally at the point in our apartment where I just poop with the door open, and Lily Powell's like, "Are you pooping?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. Sure, I'm not coming by." Like, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, "I have to keep the door open, or I'll support." Yeah. Man, man. I'm oh like, my god, fucking good. It's amazing. Hey, you know what? I love you, but you're an <laughs> to asshole. To fucking cats being the best assholes ever. <laughs> yeah. The most, the most lovable assholes we know. They are. They're the cutest motherfuckers of all time. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm. Number six. Here we go. So this is an interesting inquiry. You may have to ponder this answer. So we all have valuable cookware and kitchen gadgets, obviously. You as a professional chef, us as... Uh, Amateurs uh, moonlighting or playing professional chefs on the internet. <laughs> but what is your most invaluable kitchen tool? So something that uh, may not have a massive monetary value, but it would be very difficult for you to replace. To me, a good chinois or a good strainer. Oh, yeah. And a uh, if there was one thing that I always wanted in my kitchen and... Ranel, if you're listening, Ranel Kirshner sold me a fucking Vitamix. Mm-hmm. There's only one blender. There's only yes. one blender mm-hmm. and Truth. a goddamn Truth. Vitamix. Yep. <clears throat> Dude, I just got their immersion blender and it's oh, also amazing. stupidly powerful. I've yep. never tried it's their immersion blender. Stupid. Yet. Oh, it's too my. powerful. So my Black and Decker <laughs> it's, it's finally broke powerful. after nine years yeah. and that finally will free me up now yeah. i've used it enough times that now i get to do that no, dude don't. oh my god it's got like six power levels dude it's you have to start at one or it will just <laughs> explode your face it's a boat motor it's like a like, male vibrator you start at one and work <laughs> you go any higher than that like did peter north come in here what happened to your face like, dude i could take it i could sit on a fucking rubber made lid in the river here and if i brought a power supply that thing would bump me around the mississippi <laughs> I would love to watch that. <laughs> Dude, my friend, yeah. my friend, Ronell Kirshner, uh, during COVID, me and my uh, roommate at the time, he was our former uh, front of the house manager at uh, Barbrigade. 
He was just, uh, we, we got an uh, apartment together and we started an underground restaurant together. Okay, first of all, great human being. Second of oh, all, you know I just I just <laughs> followed today on Instagram the, the pop-up. Oh, yeah. And now, like, I literally, I have so many ideas. We have, we have so much to talk about. <laughs> so, like, it was just, we only did, like, four dinners because the market was just not going for it at the time. But uh, we... We we went on like GoFundMe and we ended up getting like almost a thousand dollars in donations. Mm-hmm. It was him, for him to get his wine, for me to get back of the house equipment. And Renelle, if you're out there, God bless her, man. She's like, hey, I have this Vitamix. I only use like twice. You know, I can sell it to you for like two fifty, unless that's too expensive. I was like, a fucking brand new Vitamix. For two fifty, yes. I yes, was like, "Are you sure?" Because I feel. Do you want four? Because like, I feel me, like I'm yep. cheating you. Yep, yep, like, yep. like, like, no, I'm with you. <laughs> like, you know, she's like, "No, two fifty is good enough." And I was like, "Please, please give it." And that is, if if you have a blender, if it's not a Vitamix, it's it's like a Cadillac, man. If you don't have a Cadillac, what are you doing? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you, man. I uh, I we were given a, a a Ninja blender and food processor for our wedding. Yeah, and it's good enough that I don't want. I, I'm not going to, like, not use that and then buy a Vitamix. Yeah. But when that dies, it will be a, a Vitamix, yeah, yeah. period. It's, the Vitamix are just... They're just... they're just. It's not the same. It's, it's, just like it's a, not the same. It's like a it's totally different tool. Yep. yep. And like, I agree. And like I said, Renelle, like I said, the fact that she was just like, 250, I'll give you a brand new Vitamix for 250. Is that Dude. too much? I was like... Like I said, let me give you four. Let me give you four because two fifty. I feel like I'm robbing you at this point, and it's the best thing I need. I I definitely need a good strainer, uh, you know, a good chinois and a Vitamix. Dude, love that. Um, that I am good to go. I'm. I can make any knife work. I can make any cutting board work. I, I can make anything else work. But a good blender is hard to beat. Mm. A good blender is hard to beat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I actually do have a professional Roboku at the house as well. Mm. Uh, nice. Stolen from a former restaurant, yeah. but you know, we'll air that out. You know, I had one. That, I, I, had one that, I had one that lived with me for 14 years until it finally died, and that's still that's still the feeling that I'm chasing. It's because yeah, that OG RoboCoop with just the red and the green button. Yep, red and green button. Nope. It's literally a food processor with a golf cart motor in Correct. it. Correct. It's, it's, <laughs> it's got the heart of a champion. Yeah, it does uh. not give out. Literally, mine's falling out the bottom. I have to glue the bottom yep. together. It's, but, it's, but, it's but the you best. can't let it's it go, best. man. And that's the best part is as long as you keep the frame together, it'll still keep going. <laughs> it'll still it'll if still it does going. fall out, you can add it to your car or golf cart. And <laughs> you just, go. make sure the, just make sure the blades don't shoot out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As long as you're good there. This is getting weird, guys. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if this fucking Pico is worth it. <laughs> <laughs> just everybody, just put some fabric up over your face. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I mean, the first thing that popped into my brain when you asked this was like just my little fucking salt pig like I the the salt pig yeah like the what the salt pig the ceramic holder of kosher salt whatever you want to call that is it a pig no no it's literally like an open ceramic Japanese ceramic container oh shit okay like the salt pincher the translation when I bought it was salt pig and I've just called it (laughs) that pig or pig pig p-i-g Oh, okay. Hmm. As in a puerco. Salt pig. I mean, you know, I've been accused of that from time to time. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I would wear a jersey that said that. I feel like that should be our next t-shirt. Again, another show, another t-shirt idea. Uh, <laughs> but, like... I actually like this one. So this is, this is, a, this is a legitimate couples discussion. Um, um, yeah. My wife is a baker. 
So she follows mm-hmm. recipes to the T. Yeah. And yes. if you've ever pulled a recipe from another chef, they don't tell you how much salt to put it because you salt to taste. Salt to taste. You're, you're tea tasting tea, the sauce the whole time. <laughs> and so that is forever a fight between the two of us. Yeah. Because I'll send her like a recipe if she wants to make something that we've made before that she really liked. And then she's like, why doesn't this turn out the same way? And I'm like, because the salt. That's, yeah, that's salt, always it. And she's salt. like, well, why isn't the recipe? Like, because I have no idea. Like, I'm literally tasting as you go and you just season to that. Yep. Previous to me having that, it was always a fight because I had like my little grinder up there and you're yeah. trying to figure it out. Like, in all reality, that three finger pinch of like coarse salt, yeah, I could that is something that I could do completely blind, yeah. yeah. And I honestly feel like I could get pretty close to most of my recipes with being able to yeah. do that. That gave me a tactile connection back to my food that I really love. And I've it's been I think three or four years since I got it as like a gift for my sister in law. Like, oh, this is something cheap I can just you know, like not that she was trying to give me a shitty gift, yeah. but just something like affordable that she could get that would mean something to me. And it's the most used thing. Period. I just had to look it up on Google. It looks fucking awesome. Yeah, like it's, yeah, it looks it's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. It's just, it, it holds about half a box of kosher salt, which is and it's. By I the can way, get in if there. you're a home cook, kosher salt's the only way to go. Correct. It's the only way to go. And, <laughs> and I have giant fucking paws anyway. So yeah. like. Something that I can you get got that in French three finger. Correct. Yeah, like the, we're, we're going in deep. Asterisk, asterisk, finishing salt. Finishing salt. Yes, 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 yes. You know that cell. You need that cell greed. Yeah. Uh, but but the other thing that that really popped into my brain was uh, my uh, marriage and then immediate divorce right afterwards. Uh, I it was it was it was a rough period in my life, and uh, one of my friends showed up. And like months after we had split and he was like, Hey, uh, I'm an asshole and I kind of forgot to ever send your wedding present and you guys are already done. So I just, what do I do here? What do I do here? He's like, I, I, I feel like you should What's just, he goes, I, I feel like you should just have this. And I feel like I was giving well, this to you anyway. Uh, so that works here. And it was my first KitchenAid mixer. Oh, and uh, I love Dan. I will love Dan for the rest of my life. Uh, he was... That's he, quite the gift as he well. Is, he's a like great that's... friend. It was not even something on a registry. It was that he had been over to my house enough time having food that he I'm decided... That dude. I'm that dude, yep. too. Like, I'll go off list. I'm like, yep. I don't know you didn't ask for this. But... And he is... <laughs> He's doing incredibly well for himself right now. So Wait, fucking props yeah, to him. Yeah, you a kitchen and mixer, mixer for <laughs> exactly. your first wedding. Wait, which day are we probably doing okay. Oh no, this oh, is sorry, uh, sorry. yeah. I wish. I was no. gonna say that's that's one of my close friends. I fucking love no. Him. I love him to death. <laughs> no, 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 I love him to death. No, uh, his name is Dan Volkanat. Okay, uh, he is currently the director of training for the entire Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Uh, oh yeah, he's doing fine. Yeah, uh, but Dan and I. We for like a two year period when he was managing here in Minneapolis, we were really, really ridiculously close. Uh, he was a guy who watched me almost get in a fight with a dude in a bathroom line at a Cowboy Slims. <laughs> and when I made fun of the dude enough that he actually backed down from the fight, I turned around and Dan went. Oh man, I took my glasses off for that shit. And he put his glasses back on. And I was like, dude, he was really ready to fucking jump over my shoulder and throw some punches. That's a good So the, the fact that that dude like watched, 
Watch. Superman punch yep. everybody yeah. springboards himself. The fact yep. that that dude, he watched my life train wreck for four months, yeah. waited until I had figured out where I was going, and then he just showed up at my doorstep one day and was like, I think you need this. And that is still the KitchenAid mixer that I have, and that was the first positive thing that I got in my life. And this is where the invaluable thing came in. Yeah. As far as my cooking, the salt is the thing I use the most. Yeah. But the thing that is invaluable to me was that was the first thing that somebody said and gave to me that made me feel like I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to be sure. Yeah. And yes, sir. every time I use it, I think about him every time he's a weirdly, he's a huge Syracuse fan. So whenever <laughs> Syracuse does some shit, like I'll text him. They'll be you like, you know Dude, what that is up. in junior high. Yeah, uh, Syracuse team. Well, like, it was, it was, no, he like, loved Jim Beheim, and they Syracuse. were Syracuse. <laughs> we all do that shit. Oh, listen, Donovan, I'm an Eagles fan. Donovan McNabb. There you go. Basketball team and football player. There you go. Yeah, remember, there you remember go. when he joined the Vikings and he bounced past it? Let's not talk about that. that. That never happened. Josh Freeman also what? never happened. Hey, right. I don't, I don't know how to relate. We had the prime years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they weren't prime enough though. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was it's just it's one of those things that still it still exists. Foles ends up winning <laughs> of all I the quarterbacks a... of all the quarterbacks. I was gonna say if you guys want to bounce back to the story, I was here the, my first year here in Minnesota is when the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl here. Oh boy, oh yeah, oh Tyler went out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Went out big. Uh, let's not hey, let's not talk about sports because but yeah. <laughs> I don't like Philly fans. <laughs> yeah, there's also we are the worst. We so are that's the worst. that's <laughs> thanks for admitting it. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm very honest. Full unopened cans of beer. Oh, and Vikings fans. I don't condone any of that. I, I no. I, well, I would hope most Philly fans no. don't. But it takes like eight of them to be like, what the fuck? It's. <laughs> we'll get into it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. The worst. That's fine. What's our uh, time signature currently? Two thirty, man. Oh yeah, okay. Kill it. So right. yeah, at the end of the day, <laughs> it's it's when somebody gives a shit about what you're doing and they say, "I see where you're headed, and I want to help with that." That is always going to be something that sticks with you. And we've talked about giving gifts that mean something yes. in the, the the cooking realm, certainly. Because if you understand that the act of cooking is an act of love, mm-hmm. when you can contribute to somebody's ability to give love. That will always be something that translates out. And I, I think about that at every wedding I go to. I think about that at like friends of mine's birthdays. Giving somebody the ability to be better at sending out love will never not be important to somebody who feels that way about cooking. Yeah. And I hope everybody listening to this feels that way or understands that because it is such a huge thing. And I still to this day, that was 11 years ago, I still to this day think about that every time I use that mixer. That that was such, like he easily could have returned that. My life was such a train wreck at that moment. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have even noticed if he had been at the wedding or not. Yeah. And the fact that he still chose to, after everything was kind of settled and I was getting ready to, to move on to Minnesota, he showed up before I left to give me that, to just say, I think you should have this. Yeah. And I want you to have this. And that was something that every time I used it, it gave me a little bit of pride and a little bit of like, hey, you're going to figure this out. And then you keep going from there. And now I have, like, I got the pasta attachment. I got the ice cream attachment. I got the meat grinder. Oh, man. Like, it's yeah, amazing gotta, to be I able to use. Fucking, yeah. All the attachments. It's great. And then and then you can use it. Like, there's, I still, my probably the most proud I feel is either making scratch ice cream or making my own burger blends. Yeah. Like, that's mm-hmm. the shit. And I yeah. never, I never a would have bought that for myself. A little bit at a time. Never right. would have bought it for myself. Yeah. Not once. 
if, if I can interject and then get to your your answer, Charles. But like it, it, yeah, it, no that strikes a nerve to me because it's mm-hmm. like um, what I love about cooking the most is how intimate it is. It's mm-hmm. a very intimate action, and people don't really take that into a consideration. And especially um, a lot of chefs that I ran into in this industry, it's 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 money. How much money are we making? Oh, we're crushing this Saturday. Yeah. But to, to me, it's so much more important than that. Like, you have people who are celebrating celebrating their birthdays. Mm-hmm. You have people celebrating anniversaries. And and take that all aside, the intimacy of... If you break it down really molecular, it's just like, I'm having a stranger produce... Let's take a dish like mussels or oysters. A very... A very uh, dangerous dish for me. Sure. I'm going to trust this person to... I'm going to eat this stranger's food, and I'm going to either love it or hate it, and that's perfectly up to that person, but it's a very intimate thing. People sharing experiences and trusting you to prepare the food perfectly, I feel is so intimate. And if I could be completely honest, like, Saunders Shaker is the best situation I've ever been in my life. We have full creative freedom. I literally have my best friends working with me. It's... The yeah, best, I love that. It's the best fucking situation I've ever had in my life. When there's Friday nights where there's a line out the door, we're getting crushed, and I'm like making shit to order because I did not expect us to get crushed this much. Mm. And I get so emotional because it's just like these people want to share an experience with us, and I'm sharing it with my friends. Like it's just, uh, it's a very, very intimate thing to me. And like, You'll remember that piece again. But my chef, my chef knife that I have, the actual chef knife I had, was given to me from my aunt and uncle. It's a twenty-five dollar Hinkle knife from fucking Walmart, but it's the sharpest knife in my bag, and I've had that since I was seventeen years old, from the first time I went to culinary school, and it's the most intimate thing that I have. And I will, you know, I have way better knives in it, and I have a couple knives and oh, being made it. right now. That, but but it's just like yeah. That is the knife that I'll always go to. It's a, cooking is uh, it's the most human thing, man. It's the most human thing that we can relate to. And I love hearing that story because it, it, it's super intimate. I think people need to take that more into consideration. Dude, oh, <clears throat> I, love, I love where your heart is because that's, yeah. that's where we're <laughs> I love that. Actually, like, Charles, that, that, yeah. knife, that knife is the answer I was looking for because yeah. you can replace a chinois. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. can't replace I can replace all that shit, you know. You know? Those, oh, I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess like, what the intro, like, I, I didn't want to take it too personal. Like, what no, you equipment do, do I need? But that yep. knife is that. Yeah, yeah. that's can, the knife on my neck. Like, that's that's how much I love can, that knife. You can you can make it your own. Yeah, I you know, <laughs> uh, friends I have that have gotten divorced, I get them a Victorinox. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, yeah. where they're like, "What do I do now?" And it's, you know, cool. mostly mostly men. Yeah. Honestly, yep. literally, yeah. literally only yep. men that I've friends of mine that have gone divorce and have never had the responsibility of like cooking for themselves or for like themselves and their kids that's like I, I order that knife instantly it's like the most divorce, reliable knife you go right like I, if you bang this thing up it's okay yeah. like you don't have to feel like you fucked up you left it in the wash for too long or you yeah. dinged it up you didn't get it sharpened or something like I, I feel like that's like something meaningful it's not just the yeah. KitchenAid knife they picked off the rack at Target or something. <laughs> yeah, it's something that like okay, let's let's give you a jump, like an opportunity to prepare food for yourself and for your children if you have them. Yeah, for me the answer is my 
Cast Iron Pan. Yeah. Mm. My, I've been, I've been curing that motherfucker for 20 years. Mm. Hell yeah. And at times it's been, it's very much like, that thing has its own, it's like a living thing. It has Ooh. its own storyline. There have been times where, you know, because we rack up a lot of our uh, pots and pans and stuff under our island in the kitchen. Our dog, Bogey, clearly <laughs> licked that pan at some point. <laughs> and it was like getting that spot rusting. And then I was like, oh, no. Like, it's like a living thing. Like, it's very meaningful to me. And there's been times with, like, Marnie. She knows it doesn't go in the wash. Like, you don't wash it like a traditional yeah. dish or something. But where it sat, she used it for something. It sat on the stovetop for too long. It started to get weird up there. And I'm like, all right. I mean, I'll clean it. But if you're going to use it, you need to clean it. But, like, I I take great pride in yep. that particular yep. skillet. That fucking, that thing is very important to me. And it, the patina on that, it takes a really goddamn long time to get that. And yeah. you cannot fuck with it. You can't buy that. You cannot no. pay for it. I mean, I bet you can. I bet there's some sort of like annex where you can buy <laughs> cast iron pans. For like a thousand dollars. No, it would be. That's just, why it's. Let's just cook like smash burgers and fucking butter. And, dude, yeah, for real. Like it's, that's got to be worth like hundreds. Business concepts. Thousands guys. of dollars. Dude, there's a million dollar right, idea. The fucking, yeah, the, the, the cast iron annex. Like yeah. that's, that could very yeah. well be a thing. But that thing, yeah, like. It, it has its ebbs and flows, and I'm always trying to protect it. And then, you know, fucking pour grapeseed oil there and then cure it, and then, like, look at it, like, all right, are you okay? Are you okay? You know, like, <laughs> Shh, my little buddy. It's okay, baby. Yeah, like, no, it's. I know she didn't clean you. I got you, though. <laughs> yep, that's, yep that's, that's it. That's the answer. She don't love you like I love you. <laughs> yeah. She don't love you like I love right. you. Right. And I said to Marty, I'm like, I got a lot of expensive kitchen equipment. <laughs> that thing, I think when I got it was. Probably thirty bucks, right now. To me, that to me, if I had to quantify it, that thing's worth twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like that's it. that's it. That's yeah. When I make you those beautiful steaks in January, yeah, it's from that. Bad that's boy. that's that bastard guy right there. That's that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, oh, that's the tool. That's the, the implement. The inferred value is is something that I hadn't thought about. But that would that would mm. be something else. My mm. um, I got a, a Kramer knife for my in laws, and the first like three or four years that Jenny and I were together, I don't think they really understood or got like the fact that I love to cook and the fact that like I'm literally providing food for this woman because again. It, that's not traditionally like a man's thing in, in our culture, especially for yeah. older generations. And I have been talking about wanting this Kramer knife forever, like Damascus steel. Like it was on my list. I was going to buy it. And at some point I had shared this list of shit that I was looking at buying with Jenny and she talked to her parents about it and they gave it to me. And that's the first. And I think only time that I've gotten like legitimately emotional when I opened yeah. something because they, it was like they invested in me providing what I consider love for my wife. Yeah. And that was when I felt like, all right, the family's like accepted me. And most people would not understand that. I'm sure they were just like, this is something nice that Ben wants. Like, here you go. Yeah. But for <laughs> me, with my two nephews and my niece who are all like 
under seven at the time, just running around screaming. I'm trying not to like break down crying because holy shit, I've I've only had Victorinox knives. I've only had twenty to thirty dollar knives, and they're not they're great. Yeah, I love them. But this is the first time that I had something that actually like came in its case, and that became like so important to like me. a samurai. Yeah, the yeah. yeah. It was like somebody like, somebody had finally <laughs> said. <clears throat> You may take care of my daughter. And it was just like, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it was within a year after that that we got engaged. Hell and I know, I, I know that that wasn't like why I went and bought a ring, but I know that that was a factor in like, all right, her family understands how much I care about her. Yeah. Her family understands that I'm not going away because that's also like an investment. Yeah. And like, okay, <laughs> this is. This is real, you know. Like I, I, it's it's weird the things that you consider hallmarks when you look back on it. Yeah, but that moment is still something yeah, that I think it's about. Really important. I love that the stigma about home cooking has changed. Yep. I would like the stigma of professional cooking to change. Correct. Yeah, I think it's. I <clears throat> put it on the record. I think it's fucking stupid that there are major awards that still say best chef and then. Best female chef. Yep, that That's drives me nuts. Fucking get stupid. Fuck out. It drives That's me nuts. Fucking. Let, let me just go ahead and put it on record. The two people that I look to as muses in the Twin Cities are Adam Eaton, Saint Dinette. Yeah. Adam Eaton is a fucking monster. I am very privileged to call him a friend, but mm-hmm. that is my one of my biggest muses. And on the f- other side of the spectrum. And I think Adam and I could both admit she will crush us any day. Jamie Malone. Dude, she's incredible. She's a fucking oh. monster. Yeah, absolutely. She's a monster. And, uh, man, I, they have a new... Um, yeah, she's a visionary and, like, such a fucking oh. hard worker. Like, and everything I love, she does, I love that the so fact that she has her focused. staff all female, too. Just going to show yeah. against the, yep. the, 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 uh, the stigma of the culinary world of like oh females can run the front and the back and everything and still crush it I fucking mm-hmm. love that aspect I, I I don't think I've grieved yet about the fact that we're not getting Grand Cafe back That's because it's the most unique restaurant we've had in this town probably ever I and went there once and for sure in my adult lifetime. Yeah, I went there once and dropped a three hundred and fifty dollars tip. Yep. It's like a fresh, was, <laughs> like a, and it was the best night of my life. What's the, <laughs> what's, yeah, what's the concept? It's like a exactly. New Orleans French restaurant. Yeah, do you know what that means? Just go go there. So like, Ido's shut coming. up. Do we know about go Ido? There. Ido's coming. Ido's coming. Italian yeah. influence. Yep, yep. Italian yeah. influence. Jamie Malone's like, concept. Yeah, I would. I would love her to go like Justin or like McKeon. On the situation and open like eleven restaurants. Yeah, I will oh, go dude, to every I love one her. of them. I, I love her her product and everything she does. I yeah, want her she's to do a fucking it. boss and just a dope human too. Oh, I haven't got to meet her in person. I just <sighs> I sent her a DM. I sent her a DM once Jamie? on Instagram saying how much I appreciate it and never got real back. Can we get Jamie? Dear, dear, dear Jamie <laughs> Malone, know, I think she could get. Can we get Jamie? Oh, I think she'd be down for that. I think she'd be down for that. She was, she's we've met a few times and she's always been very nice. I don't. I, think you could get I don't necessarily know if she actually knows who I am, but she's always been very nice and has yeah. had a very nice conversation. It's fun so. too, though, when our guests don't know who we are and they yeah. just come hang out. So, all right, I'm, I'm honored to be here because I don't feel like anybody knows who I am. So I feel fuck like I'm off. honored to be here. <laughs> no. People know who you no, are. No, I, I literally feel like I'm the guy that came from Pennsylvania and I stepped in the Minnesota food scene. Tyler, not JD fucking hyped me up and I just kind of followed through. You know, and I'm you like, should man, see I'm the happy. message he sent me when I was at. <laughs> I, I posted a story when I was at Sonder when I we were at Chef's Table, yep. uh, Marnie and myself, 
and he blew me up. Like, he had, like, a fever dream. He sent me, like, this crazy long me- yeah. uh, text message where he was saying, like, a, like everything about Tyler. And, and I was like, oh, what the fuck? All right. And I didn't know which one of the dudes back there. I knew Frank and his two <laughs> other dudes. And I'm like, I don't know which one of these dudes is Tyler. Yeah. And then uh, the other kid, uh, the, he had, he was, like, about to bike home. Like one of Oh, the- yeah, yeah. Uh, either Nick or Gabe, Nick or Gabe, or something. Yeah. Oh, oh no, like, that was Dennis. It was Dennis. Dennis it was Dennis. Like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, like yeah. he was strapping up his backpack yeah, and shit, yeah. and he came out and he was like about to bike home. And then I was like, "Hey, uh, are you are you Tyler? Who's who's Tyler?" <laughs> and he's like, "No, I'm not Tyler. That that dude back there is Tyler." And I was like, "Oh, okay. Like, all right." And then um, I think I told Frank like. Yo, let Tyler holler at me real quick, because JD sent me this message and that you came on and talked to me for a minute. And, uh, yeah, you guys' crew is legit. You guys it's are fun, man. And it's, you know and what? I love that experience. Yo, if you're if you're a Minnesota, if you're a Minneapolite, <laughs> go do that that the yeah. the, the kitchen table, dude. Do the kitchen sorry. table. You know what's funny? I went home that night and realized who you were and just like everything, and I like. That wasn't that. our best dish. That wasn't our best meal. Like that's how hypochondriac I am oh, about. Fuck that! No, you're, supposed like, 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 you're supposed no, to think do that. that. No, it, what a, what I mentors? read all my reviews. I read all that shit, man. That burger is shit. elite. One of my you're listening to this. Yeah, real quick. <laughs> Get it. Quam, uh, you, you're you're up to you're in the batter circle right now. That fucking burger is spick. Next on my list, TC Burger Battle. When have you guys start up again? Throw my fucking hat in the it's ring. The best, it's easily the best burger in Northeast Minneapolis. It might be the best burger in Minnesota, but I haven't had my the only two ahead of it. I haven't had in two years, so I will say that. Have you, have you guys tried is, Boomin yet? X, yes, Boomin. I have. I have. It's fucking great. They're fucking insane. Really They're good. insane, man. I love but those guys. Your burger is better. No, no, I appreciate you. I appreciate oh, you. I, I want to else. plug people that Brand, I love and Boom so, and Barbecue. They're fucking crushing. So, uh, uh, Brandon Randolph, I'm not calling him out, but he uh, DM'd me on uh, IG when I said that your burger is the best in Northeast because he's, <laughs> he's a co owner of On Baby List yeah. and yeah. Boomin's there. And he's like, have you, Well, have you had that? Yeah. And I said, Yes, I have. Uh, and I said, Like, I had like probably the eighth burger they ever cooked. Maybe it's got some time to go. My time but I said like, please go check out the Sonder. And he's like, all right, I will. Literally the next day he came and saw you guys. <laughs> and he messaged me and he said, dude, that burger's dope. So, <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. I agree with you. Their burger's dope. Their burger's yeah. dope. Oh, their burger's it, it, it doesn't got to be a competition. No, we don't no. even need to rank no, them. No, no, we like, don't need to rank them. Well, it's, it's sometimes tough because you're so my authority on Smashies. Like, mm. I, I, I'm down and I love... But like I don't love the same way that you love, yeah. you know. Like so, I yeah. will just me I and, take the me lead. And Stephanie Marsh like that level nope. of like obsession Ooh. about burgers. <laughs> that's tacos and pizza for me, man. That's how I roll. Right. No, but yeah, it's uh, dude, it's it's well, so fucking great having you here, man. Who wants a I bonus? Appreciate. I'm doing a bonus. Yeah, let's do a bonus. Let's do a bonus, man. Right. It's been a long. this time, it's not even a podcast. We're just drinking and talking. And I, this is the shit I love. That is the premise. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Uh, I honestly like so I spent most of my formative years running the front side of restaurants right I'm FOH I've technically been a sous chef once wearing the coat and everything Uh, but that's the only thing (laughs) cooking is the only thing that I didn't find a way to monetize 
Yeah. And I really desperately wanted to keep something where, because like I've quit DJing twice because it ruined music for me. Oh, yeah, I, I got to a point where I couldn't deal with like cocktail culture anymore, and yeah. so I just went back to beers and shots. Like I've ruined everything that I love in the service <laughs> industry a number of times. Yeah. And he's burning through rolls. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, legit. What's next, I'm done with sales. What do we got? Nope. Is there anything left? <laughs> I mean, if you honestly make a run of my last 20 years, you can see it. It's when I got sick of something that yeah. I bounced out. Mm, yeah. And yeah, right. tonight has true. been so incredible for me because it's reminded me of why this industry is so vital and why it's so beautiful and why it's so resilient. And it's because people like you come in and they shake fucking bitter asshole dudes like me <laughs> a little bit out of my shit. And yeah. then I remember that there's always going to be something new coming. There's yeah. always going to be something better. And sometimes I've convinced myself that about music, but it's only certain genres where I've pinned and then I fall in love with something else. And then I realize that, oh shit, actually it's all still fluid and it's all still yeah. moving. So I just wanted to say thank you for your passion oh, man, and yeah. thank you for reminding me why I love the restaurant oh, industry. Dude. Like it's just been so fun to get to just sit and talk to you and hear how passionate you are about where things are headed. And I know that there's so much more ahead. Like, Oh, do we bomb. just... We just opened in May. We just opened in May. And it, it's, for me and Frank, who, I, it, it, I'm so glad that you guys got know Frank because Frank is like a little brother than me and that is one of my favorite people in the fucking Frank's, world. And also, awesome. heartfelt yeah, shout out yeah, to Frank. Frank part Hunt, of my, part of Franklin my Hunter, uh, little Franklin Hunter. He is the fucking, one of the most genuine, best people I've ever had I in my life. I learned his last name. Last week. Yeah. I don't know. And I've been smoking cigarettes every Wednesday for like and three months. And then eventually, in like three more months, you'll realize he actually has a family. What the? <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. He's got a sister and a brother and all this. But uh, I yelled at him last week because he, he showed up at... Uh, he showed up at our cigar club, kind of classed up, and he was wearing graphic tees, and so was I, and I was the last man standing. I was like... Frank, what the fuck, man? You gonna make me class this shit up too? He's wearing nice shoes and like a oh, button shirt. I was like, ah, oh, you doing this to me? I gotta get classy for fucking cigar club. Oh man, let me cheers real quick. Yeah, cheers man. to Franklin Hunter. Yeah. Cheers, cheers, Franklin. Because Sandra does not exist without Frank. So during COVID, Frank kind of went through like a little hiatus, and. uh on the whim, I kind of took the executive chef job at Sonder, and the first person I called was Frank. And I was just like, look, man, I, I know you're like, you don't want to... He was kind of freaked out of the COVID thing, which is yes. very, very understandable. And yep. I was like, look, man, I'm starting this restaurant. We have full creative freedom. I'll make sure you get paid just like I need you. Cool spot. Great location. Great location. Bomb great location. The owners said we can do whatever the fuck we want to. Real quick, shout out to my owners, Cass, Leo... Wes and Eric, thank you guys so much for just letting me do my fucking thing. But um, I was like, hey, can you come over here? And he came in, and God, our opening day, it was just me and Frank. We still didn't have a dishwasher because we're still putting it together. We did 193 people Shut by the ourselves. Fuck up. And no and washing. And no ticket time was over 28 minutes. And Come that's on. why I fucking love Frank because Ooh. he gets it like I fucking do. And that is, 
if that I if I want to make a I want to be a millionaire billionaire and give Frank the fucking world because if it wasn't for that kid I could not succeed. That's so amazing. shout out to Frank Hunter and all my team and I, that's another thing. So <clears throat> what I love about Sandra as well and in, in, in my restaurant concept is just. I remember going out to the bar. Someone's like, "Oh man, your pork chop was fucking amazing." The one I talked to you about, I was like, "That's nah, not my dish. Mm. That's mm. Frank's dish." Yeah, I said, "Frank, go out there and talk to him." He's like, Don't. "What?" I said, "No, you talk." I was like, "No, that's your dish." I've been in too many restaurants. I've been in too many. I, I want to do everything different. I'm like the little dicky of the restaurant industry. I want to do everything <laughs> fucking different. I'm the f- f- professional cook. <laughs> I'm the professional rat. Like, yeah. Somebody trying to poach Frank from me is the greatest honor of all time. Hell yeah. You know, like, I just want that kid to succeed. He's uh, one of the best chefs. Dennis, he was the first chef of Bar Brigade. You literally have three executive chefs cooking for you. Oh, dude, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love your kitchen, the like, whole vibe of it when we were there. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, the cocktails are yeah. excellent. They fucking crush. Wow, you got to have that. You got to get that. You got to get sure. there. Sorry, yeah. I'm just. I'm it's just happening. I've never been more happen. happy professionally, so I could just talk it's about this all happen. day. But Tyler, really are, you, you are you in tomorrow? I'm gonna, I, my I will be plan, in tomorrow. My dinner plans got canceled. I'm, yep. Wednesday through Friday, I'll be there. And then I'm off Saturday to Tuesday because the in-laws are in. Quan, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. let's go eat that Charles, burger Charles, would Thursday be a possibility? Or are you out tomorrow? Well, I was supposed to be making my wife tacos tomorrow. She's been asking for tacos and margaritas at home. So you can come. We'll figure that out. All right. <laughs> uh, talk about it. So, Charles, uh, we got some good stuff coming up. We're going to keep letting everybody know kind of, hey, this is what's happening. But yes. there may be some some website stuff in the future. There may be some Patreon stuff in the future. Yep. Uh, we're going to try and take this show. We got a lot. We got a lot. Yep. A year in. plus in, man. And uh, it's, we're going to we're gonna take it up a little level. Yeah. Hey, we're... You know, I like to say this now is we're past the point where we're like, please support. Because, you know, we still say it and mm-hmm. it's okay. We're to the point where we are a bona fide success. This is a very successful podcast. Because so, of all of you listening. Yeah. No, it's and, – and, you know, we want growth and we want people to listen. We don't know what we want to do with it. For us, we're – independently successful human beings but we're doing this really cool podcast and i think these interviews we're having are absolutely fantastic it's, it's oftentimes the highlight of my week like i look forward Abs- to recording these shows 100 percent. so we want yeah we want people to get on board and get your get your friends on board and we're gonna do more fun stuff it's a catalyst for doing more fun shit mm-hmm. we're not like straight up no one likes to say this on a podcast we're not doing this to make this our living Mm-mm. for neither of us are gonna neither of us have any interest in this being our primary source of income no we love doing this we're having fun and we are so happy you're having fun with us fuck yeah and we are developing plans to have more fun mm-hmm. that's it we just want to have more fun damn right that live show is gonna be dope we got a lot of other shit cooking merch coming that'll be fun we got like thirty <laughs> pots on the stove job. Yep. It's we're we're having fun, and we're so grateful for you joining us and having fun with us. Fuck yeah! It really truly means a lot. And again, uh, thank you guys. Keep talking to your friends. 
I love when complete strangers are hitting me up and being like, yo, I just listened to an episode, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, that's the fucking greatest feeling on earth because all we're trying to do is talk to amazing humans and, and bullshit about how at the end of the day, no matter what we're doing, we're all the fucking same, man. We're all nerds with uh, loves and dislikes Dude. and fucking weird ass cats and everything else in between. Absolutely. Actually, earlier I, when we were talking about people messaging us about stuff, I had a, I got a message that said, Miles Morales' dad was <laughs> Donald Glover, not Danny. <laughs> and I was like, of course I know that. You take six shots and talk for three hours. Let me know exactly. <laughs> if you get anything wrong. Also, that was the sixth person to tell me that. So, yeah, we know. We're drinking. We we're drinking. We're having <laughs> Guess what? All of you assholes makes promises at the bar, and you forget them when, when you get up the night. And I got that yesterday, and that, was, <laughs> that episode is from, like, how, how long ago? <laughs> All right. Uh, how, do, Tyler, how do people find you? Also, by the way, I just noticed right before you walked out of the room that that is not a NASA T-shirt. That is oh, a Masa T-shirt <laughs> with a fucking taco. Like, <laughs> Amazing. But uh, if people want to find you, A, where's the restaurant? And then B, if they can follow you on social medias. Oh, man. Uh, so come to Sanda Shaker. We're on uh, 130 East Hennepin uh, here in Northeast. You can find me at Tweez in Plus, like Mise in Plus. Seriously, one of the best fucking Insta handles I've it ever It was heard. giving me t- to an Tweez, owner. Tweez in Plus. Tweez in Plus, because yep. I love my tweezers, man. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so you can find me on that Instagram. Uh, other than that, uh, I don't really have a lot. I don't go on social media a lot, so I'll give a lot of shout outs. Shout out to JD Fratsky for, first off, bringing me to Minnesota, being my mentor, being the Yoda to a lot of chefs, including me. Fact. Uh, and introducing me to a lot of chefs that I had First no and business. only two-time guest. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a fucking legend. And if I could tell a quick story, when, like I said, when I first got here, I like I said, he introduced me to like Jorge Guzman, Justin, all these fucking killers. And he's like, oh, yeah, this kid's from Philadelphia. He's the next best, best chef in, uh, in the Twin Cities. You're going to hear his name. And I was like, you, you've never seen me cook. Don't, don't tell these people this <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> but like... I live my life uh, in a lot of debt to J.D. Fratsky because I wouldn't be here with you gentlemen. I, I truly say that. And uh, thank you, J.D., for everything you've given me. Uh, shout out to Franklin, my whole team at Sonder, uh, Tim Niver, Adam Eaton, Dan Oski, all the peoples that, you know, That's a me. lot of good people you yeah. just named. I, I, got, I got put into a circle that I had no business at being in, and it all stems from J.D. Fratsky, so, so that's my you, heart. You, you found yourself precisely <laughs> where you were meant to be. And, and Tyler, I will yeah. say that uh, J.D. is one of the kindest human beings that uh, I know, best. and he's uh, obviously he's our only two-time guest. But I will also say that uh, J.D. does not heap praise where it's not deserved. That's true. That is one of the things that I adore about him because I know that he'll always be honest. Yeah. yeah. And when he says that about you, it's not unfounded. Yeah. And clearly yep. you've proven that 100%. he was correct. <laughs> like so. his, he capped off his diatribe that he sent to me by saying he is one of us. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I knew I was like, yep. okay, future guest of the program. I put you on yeah. our spreadsheet of yeah. people that we would eventually <laughs> interview. 
like saying that like never mind all the other shit he said but when when if jd says that Ooh, to yeah. me he is one of us that's it Ooh. never mind that's that's all you need to say. he could have just said that he could have just yep. to me. yeah i owe that man my life because you know everything that i have right now especially here in minnesota is not it's all because of him so um at the end of the day you know, I, I appreciate all the praise and I appreciate everybody saying good things about us, but me and my friends are just cooking and whatever praise and accolades we win is cool, but we're just enjoying cooking with each other. And, and, and it all stems from the JD uh, family tree strip club, literally just yep. strip club. A bunch yeah, of friends, a bunch of people right. that really comes like each other lot, crushing dude. a fucking restaurant. Yeah, that's comes all it Eric's, Eric yep. Eastman's episode. We yep. talked about a strip club. Yep. And, that's, that's and at the end of the day, if we're going to yeah, <laughs> agree that cooking oh, is love, then that means that this is all about love. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, we fucking love you very much. I love you guys. Uh, well. Charles, any pluggables that you want to plug? Nah. 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 <laughs> Tell your friends to listen to this podcast. <laughs> I'll say the same thing, and uh, instead of following me for lefty politics and cute pictures of dogs and live videos from concerts, <laughs> listen, wear a mask, get fucking vaccinated, and vaccinated. pay get kindness forward. Vaccinated. When somebody does something nice to you, don't figure out how to repay them. Figure out how to pay that forward. Yeah, here's a crazy idea. Go next door with an extra can of banquet beer. There you go. Fucking hand it to your neighbor and say, let's have a beer together. Yep, let's catch up. Yeah, and and start tipping 20% again. I don't know what happened. I thought we learned this lesson. Fact. Tip 20%. Oh, shit, wait. I've been seeing a lot of fucking servers with zero on their tips. Hey, tip 20%. Don't go out if you can't tip 20%. Let me just say that. Fact. (laughs) Should have always been the truth. Should always be the truth. You can't can't eat out if you can't tip. Uh, Make make your shittier version of home. We love you so much out there. Uh, Thank you again. Uh, If you introduce somebody to the show, if they like it, tell them to leave a positive review. Again, it helps us get to more people. It helps us keep moving on. We love you very much. We'll see you next time at Libations for Everyone. Yeah. Yeah.